Hello, Jim here. Just to remind you that if you do enjoy listening to us talk about comics and enjoy comics in general, which I hope that you do, you should go and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Not only does it help us out for what we do, but it also ends up giving you a ton of exclusive podcasts as well. And I mean a ton of them. So if you like listening to podcasts, you love comics, it is something that I would love for you to check out. And to do that, you can go over right now and there is a free seven-day free trial where you can check it out. No fuss, no muss. Again, it's patreon.com slash weird science. And I hope to see you all over there. But let's get into this week's show. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the fourth man, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 511. 511, legacy number 511, and you are not the money man. I'm the money man. Then again, lately, I guess the money man's the drummer. You play the drums? You a big drummer now? I like to bang on these drums all day. Oh, you do? You are Todd Rundgren fan. I see. Well, hey, everybody, welcome uh, to the podcast, all you weirdos. Of the Get Fresh crew, we have a plethora of books, six books tonight, all of them kind of a little wacky. I said to Eric that they there's a weird like theme going on through these books, the theme of not much happening in these books. So we'll see. We'll probably find some things to skew and reviewer, as you say. But if you want to if you want to read written reviews of all these things from my man, Gabe. You can go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And then while you're doing that, why not check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And then last but not least, go over and join or at least check out our Patreon. I'd love it if everybody would join Patreon.com slash Weird Science where you can get exclusive podcasts and all sorts of things. All sorts of things, including this what podcast. Kind of this podcast, uh, Early Access. Each week, you get it a day early. And maybe a dollar short, but Eric's the money man, so maybe not a dollar short. Right. I'm not so sure with that. Now, each week, one of the big things we do on the Patreon is we have a badass Patreon-only spotlight show where we have two books. They are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew in oh, a poll on the Patreon where all the books are up for grabs. They end up picking them this week. They picked two number ones that might have equaled a number two, Eric. Oh, my. Did that joke. I did, I did it on the Patreon, though. I'm talking to the people who aren't on the Fresh. <laughs> yes, I, I just was reacting to the Fast and the Furious going by your house right there. Holy crap. But the two books they picked, the two number ones, were Speed Force number one and Outsiders number one. And me and Eric had fun talking about those. We talked the Speed Force book. Not great, but we talked about the things that it could end up being if if we were writing it. But even so... We had fun and also Spoilers. discussing the idea of the Outsiders, the Lansing and Kelly book, being a planetary slash authority update reboot in a really odd way. So if you want to hear us talk about that about an hour and a half, that show was, go over to the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash weird science. And if you want to get mad at the bad asses up to get fresh crew uh, uh, for picking those two number ones, I'm going to now give you. 
Oh, dox I'm going to dox them. I'm going to dox their asses. This is the roll call, Aaron. Also, I might do a little rap. A little Wait, mumble rap. I'm Mumblebee. The uh, music meister got a hold of me to get on his stupid apps. David Fink. Trevor. Dad Nation. Yeah, yo. Eric K. Jeffrey Greek. Z. No. Morph. Stephen uh, Bat Dad Mitchell. The Annihilator. Ted Probst. I love Punchline. Stork. Michael S. Cam. Matt Razor. Niels Keyword. Stephen Baum. Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Eric. G- Michael G. I-, I go off the script that I mess up. I was doing so well. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky, Scary Potter. You're like one of those people who keep the decorations up. You got We got to change it's Halloween you. every day. Jager, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Noah Marv, Matthew Raphael, Luke Hollywood. We might hear from Luke Hollywood later. I'm not sure. Luke gets drunk and falls asleep a lot. Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond Mark, Brandy Murray, that's B, Mirror up in Buffalo, Canada, and doxing his ass in Minnesota. Double A run. And for the big shout out, RIP to the greats, Reggie and Rob Lewis. This is like a fine oiled machine, Eric. That's what yeah. I say. I'm actually very lubed up right now, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know I what don't. I mean, Eric. Uh, this uh, last day or two, I forget when it was, uh, somebody had clogged up the toilet. This somebody isn't me before you ask. I, I went uh-huh. to go to the bathroom. It was clogged up to the extreme. So I go to plunge it out, which Climb I shouldn't maker. have to, right? I end up going to do that there. And the plunger we have is this crazy thing with this like crazy handle mechanism. Like a pump action? Why are you reinventing the freaking plunger? That's my point. There's no reason. It's really the lazy person's plunger because instead of having to plunge, you put it in and pull. It doesn't work. I'm trying to do that. Now, in the meantime, just like the space shuttle, I think there was a seal missing. I know usually you on a vacation like to blow a seal now and again. But I ended up where I went down, like pushed down, right? Then I pushed back up to do the action. And shipwater sprayed out of the top and right into my face. I had my Only mouth you. open. It was the worst. And I just, I'm telling you, since then, my mouth has been numb. It's just numb and it's awful. And I think I might have dysentery. Is that what you get from that sort yeah. of thing? Dysentery? dysentery? I think I got that. I think I might have pink eye. I also might have hepatitis. And then you walk around and punch everybody in the house. Crazy deal. Oh, I was yelling. I was yeah, and then Tanya come. Why are you screaming? I'm like screaming, and she looked at me. I still had shit water on my glasses. On my glasses, Eric. Like, this is why I'm screaming. Clean yourself and up. Then I said, "Where is the damn plunger? The regular plunger?" Oh well, we threw that one away because this one works so much better. I'm like, it does not. I am covered in shit water. It doesn't work. I also work. like to imagine it works perfectly for everybody else and you just screwed it up somehow. She ended up going. She plunged it and it worked like a charm, Eric. But still, yeah. it's because I ended up doing it too strong, she said. I was too muscular. I'm, yeah, that's what she said. Plus, the thing is, you have to get it right on, you know, the, the, the hole. I know how a plunger works. But with the other plunger, we had this really big plunger that you just put it in and go to town. It works. I mean, it Again, got rid of that. how a plunger works. Remember back in the day, buddy, when he was there, that plunger worked great. Not this one. This one sprayed water. I think they had it rigged. They punked me. Eric, is what happened. Chris Angel is what I got. But oh, my goodness. Is that how it works? Punked Chris Angel? Yeah, it was punk Chris Angel. 
David Blaine himself showed up. Oh, instead of sleeping on a block of ice for a month, I just had shit water in my face. I was so angry. I'm still angry, but nobody would admit it was theirs. And, you know, I that's why you punch everybody. I should have done some forensics. I'm like, well, I do see some corn here, and I what is I wrong didn't with you? Do that, I didn't do that at all. I I ended up just like shaking my head and walking upstairs and laying down as if it was in a coffin because I just wanted to die, Eric. But that's he's that. a Dracula. That's the beginning. That's the thing. I think I was the Dracula. I was. I was the Freddy Cougars. But here we are. I'm trying to pump myself up here. Trying to pump myself you know, up. All of that riz that Dracula has comes from all that shit water running down his face. That is true. I will tell you, I should have said as we started, can we go back? Can we rewind the beginning? Instead of me saying Jim Warner, I should have said, I'm the bad guys going against Wesley Dugs. And that would have been good. You get what I mean? Because they were all yeah. hepped up on the amphetamines, Eric. They were raring to go. Meth? Wait. Maybe. Maybe meth, whatever. Those Nazis, they were big on that. But hey, that's sure. that. Eric, hey, we have a podcast. You were mad at me because I said, boy, this one's going to go quick. I want to reiterate that. So I jinx it all, and everybody gets a meaty and long podcast. Eric. You thought uh-huh. I was going to say something different. Really but didn't. that is that. We're going to go off to these books, starting with a bit of, you know, Batman. Find out if he's hung or not, Eric. I thought we found that out before, but we're going to find out again uh, right about now. Eric, and here we are. We have a bunch of books. And actually, besides that story saying that Ram V is boring, I, I'm not really bored with this detective story, this whole thing with Batman being hung. It's just the idea that I just can't get my head around why it's being allowed. And me and you talked before we started, not in Gotham. I'm not saying the idea of, oh, Jim, well, don't have you ever heard of the Thalamus engine? What we what like now? to call the reality engine. Oh. It's so great. Like, even that, where they're playing it off. I don't know when this issue starts. They even start playing that idea. That sounds a lot like Fear State. It's starting to kind of sound like other things. But what is the rest of the nation, the world doing? Because remember. They don't worry about Gotham. It's a cesspool. Here's the thing. It's a cesspool. Well, so is Cleveland. So is Detroit. And, you know, forgive me if you live there. Just say you're there a All of a sudden, we find out not just that they're hanging somebody in Detroit, but the person doing is from, like, Czechoslovakia. I mean, these people end up just showing up with a deed. They could even just be from Ireland. They show up with a deed to the land of Arkham, you know, and now all of a sudden they're hanging people. I don't know where you go from one to the other, and you can't tell me this. They're greasing the palms of Nakano. How much? Yeah, Nakano is a mayor, right? <laughs> Nakano is a mayor. That the, again, is a mayor doesn't allow you to say, "Oh, what you want to do a death penalty hanging in our?" Okay, well that sounds cool. Give me another five dollars. 
I'll look the other way with my one eye. Cheap. But here we go. I, it, it's just, it, it's really ridiculous. And this is one of the things that when all was said and done with the Gotham War, the idea of setting it up if Catwoman thinks that Batman is going to go along for robbing the rich and uh, you're never going to get past that in this. If if I did center on just the idea of, well, they're going to hang. Remember, and I said even during our spotlight this week when we were talking about the books coming up, the idea that they say, well, it works because technically we're not hanging a man. We're hanging a symbol. I'm like, no, no, That's no. That's right. You're hanging a man. Uh, he could be a Draculus. He might be. But if he's a Draculus, I he's still don't Draculus. know that you're allowed to just decide. To hang the guy just because. Look, if I come across a Draculas, I might be hanging him no matter what you say. But that's not going to kill America. If you would know things about the Draculas, you would know this. So, Well, you're thinking of movie stuff. Oh, that is true. But again, <laughs> what, you, what you would usually get for this, and when I, for some reason this issue, it really dawned on me, the idea like, why aren't you just doing the, hey, look who's Batman deal, where you'll reveal his identity? Because that's what we usually get. Because that's a man. We need a symbol to hang for the Thalamus engine. I start thinking, while he's not quite connected to Wayne Industries anymore, maybe the stocks will go up eventually. Because we had to remember that what they were voting on if Batman did. It's oh, just silly. Now, in that, though, yeah, in that, though, uh, I, I like some of it. It's just that this issue... Second of a five issue little interlude, he said, You don't do much. And I'm starting to think that maybe we didn't need five issues all around, but that's that's a random The idea that where this jumps out at you, like this issue really got you the idea of like, why would anybody outside of Gotham allow this to go on? Whether or not it's Gotham or not, outside should be coming in saying, What are you guys doing over here? This is crazy. It really dawned on me this issue, and I'm sure we've talked about in the past during Ram Visa Detective Comics runs, that it really just feels with everything we've seen so far. That I don't know why Ram V got this job because he doesn't want to write about Batman. <laughs> no. Like anybody, but every time Batman shows up to do anything in this book, he's knocked out for a day or two, maybe a few weeks, and somebody else has to clean up after his mess. I feel like we got one issue where he like you know was kicking ass and taking names, and then after that, it's like all right, back to the it way. It was like the other one people. right before Night Terrors, and that's what caused this shit. He ended up finally getting off his ass. He's down below. He's fighting. He ends up stopping the reality engine or whatever the hell ended up blowing up. The organ place, whatever the hell that was. And now he's back to there. And I will point out, now that you say that, it makes me giggle. Because for the longest time, we're going through this Ram V detective. And you kept yelling, all he's doing is laying on Gordon's couch. That's all you kept saying. All he's doing is sleeping and recovering on Gordon's couch. And it's true. But yet, if you hear fans of this run and fans of Ram V, they think that this is like, oh, my God, he really gets Batman. But is that is that what Batman is? Just somebody who's always hurt and recovering? I maybe somehow back in the day when we had Nightfall coming out, when Bane was first introduced, the whole idea of Bane was I'm going to blow up Arkham Asylum, like send all these crazies out and about to really rag, like you know drive Batman down, run him ragged because on top of this, Batman was already sick. He did more in that than he is in this, and the whole idea was to make sure that he was run down ahead of time before Bane actually took him out. This one, I he he showed up tired. Here's the thing. I think that during the middle of R.I.P., he did more in Gotham. He wasn't even there, Eric. He was lost in time. I mean, it's crazy how little he is doing. Now you're getting me riled up because I'm just going with that crazy idea of they're literally hanging a guy in the center square here, right? And I don't mean Paul Lynn. I I mean, in the middle of Gotham, they're there hanging. And yet everybody's fine with it beyond just the 
you know, rabble in Gotham or there for, you know, they want to be entertained. They're there for a show. Well, that's the thing. Is you can say the idea of like we have the reality engine that's influencing everybody in Gotham that's allowing this to happen, the Oregons to take complete power. Except for the people who aren't in this whole thing that we're going to grab to rescue yeah, Batman. That's They're true, fine. too. Yeah. Why aren't they? It's very odd. I. It it seems to then be tied into the asthma, but then it's with arson, and then it's with Shathod. I start thinking that I'm speaking in tongues, Eric. It's Detective Comics of 1077, written by Ram V, art by Jason, Sean, Alexander, Dave Stewart, and Ariana Mayer. And then there's a backup by Dan Waters and Casper, Windyard, and Steve Wands, but we'll get to that. Best thing Dan Waters has ever written. I told you to read it. You And just to let everybody know, we usually do skip the backups in this because they're this mind benders again. And I ended up reading through this earlier, and I said, I think that you'll actually like the backup, or at least it's good enough to actually talk about because it does deal with some things that we wanted to see. So. In that you start out, and but I do when? like Casper. Well, yeah, that's I don't know that that's the problem. <laughs> when does this you happen? Imagine this: Batman takes place in the past. This takes place what six months after they Batman and the Green months. Arrow books takes place. What a year after this? Maybe. And where does the Batman and Robin book take place? Now we're playing like bingo because yeah. I don't know. And I remember, remember when I was trying to remember the thing that's of where a- Ram V. Ramvi said about, oh, man, you know, it takes place in the future. It was the idea that it took that organ place six months to build. That that was right. definitely what he said, though never said it in the book. He just said it on Twitter. Okay, that kind of makes sense. But in this, you said you weren't confused. I was. I wish that you started out with, like, three days from now because I'm like, oh, shit, they didn't say Batman. <laughs> He's getting hung already. And I do like the play of... You know, Jason Alexander's art, Jason Alexander, uh, I like to call him George Costanza, but he ends up where it does want to play the idea of kind of a a past, kind of a almost like, you know, a 1778 or whatever we had when we had the reality engine. You have a a dark look, but it does feel like at points it's supposed to look a little older, but also you got you got. The blimps going around. There's a lot of crazy things, but I do like the first couple pages, the art. You get the long, giant ears, all that going on. And maybe you could even play it out that you're being affected yourself by the reality engine, by the asthma. This is how they're seeing it. They're seeing Batman, almost like when you get the fear toxin, all of a sudden Batman's right. this horrific deal, that they're seeing it as this because the people are angry, down with the bat. The, the problem is, is that I don't know that the Orgums needed any sort of engine. By the end, it'll be the classic where they go, oh, turn off the reality engine. Oh, my God. It was never it was on in the first place because twist. Batman has lost Ram the v city. Or M. Night Shyamalan. So <laughs> exactly. Batman has lost Gotham so many times that he, he is. What is he doing? He needs to leave. He really does. The idea that he's like skedaddling a bit in Batman. He just needs to tell everybody to go screw themselves and leave Gotham because they're always turning on him. They're always this. It only takes a little bit of tech or whatever to do that. But I guess they're staying. You're right. We, we, we got to go from this to Batman off world where he goes in outer space for a while. Just get out of Gotham. I, I would. So he's going to be hung. I think that that's a really cool panel when you see him there with the noose, things like that. I'll tell you, I like the art at the beginning. It starts to wear on me by the end of this issue. now. We have a Ocean's Eleven kind of going on. You end up having Selena. She's gathering a team. Got to put the crew together for a heist. What are you stealing? The Batman. The Batmans. Now, we could we could have a big argument over what we think oh and God, how why? long how long you think in a heist movie 
is the Let's Gather the Crew. We have five issues. We're two in, and we're still kind of gathering the crew and sitting around. And I think that we need to start doing some things. This issue. Well, thankfully, the crew all takes place in one city, so we don't have to like you know waste too much time because we're all in one place. True. But you gathered a crew, and now they're just sitting around. We gathered half the crew. We still need to get a Solomon Grundy and an Azriel. <laughs> yeah, I think we're taking a bit too long. The way that Ram V goes, I don't know that we're going to get a satisfying five tight issues of this whole play because he meanders. He ends up wanting to have, you know, over narration. There's narration. It's not the worst that he's had, but there are some dialogue lines. There's some stuff from Catwoman that seems a little bit too fancy. It starts to seem like Ram V wants to, you know, impress himself and get everybody. Oh, this isn't just going to be one of those. You know, heist movies, or we're not just going to go in prison break. We need to get a fancy, but I think there could be some real fun here. But we are just kind of sitting around. We're sitting around with everybody. Gordon's there, and we're going to get the play of, I'm not working with him. I'm not working with her. I'm not doing that. But I was excited because as you have this, you get to see the lay of the land. Everybody's getting drunk off their ass to her. And then they say, by the way, I took the idea. You think somebody having one drink is getting drunk off their ass? Off their ass. So it's, hey, we got to introduce another person. And this is a cool play. This is what makes those kind of high smug, you know, the whole thing where there's going to be somebody that might fit the job, but you'd never want to work with them. You did. So Mr. Freeze. <laughs> and you know, it's right away that it's Mr. Freeze, right? So he goes in, it's Mr. Freeze. And I really like that. Now, I wish that it was finally. Is, I, I don't think I like before the door opened that I would think Mr. Freeze. But if you think of everything we've had so far in Ramvi's run, Mr. Freeze is the only logical answer because it's the only other character that has shown up in this run so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I actually, when I was reading it, I swear to God, and I just looked, I swear to God, it's like, hey, listen, we need a cool cat. Something like that. They, they didn't say that. But when you see the, the mist coming out and the, the freeze. See, even that, I focused on when you said cat and not cool. <laughs> Yeah, it was the cool. Well, because she's a cat, it works out. Both. And we already have two cats. So yeah, it's true. So she she opens up the deal, and Gordon Three cats. Gordon loses his mind. I mean, this guy he was the commissioner, and I don't mean just of Gotham. He was a horrific monster, but yet he's throwing he shade. He's throwing yeah. shade all around. That wasn't but his fault. He's yeah. I like the I like the play here. But I thought we were finally going to get something Four that cats. we always wanted. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just going through the idea about because we have Aiko Hasegawa. We have Cheshire, her daughter Leanne Harper, who goes by Cheshire Cat when she's not going by shoes. And we have Catwoman. Did, I didn't like the art for Cassandra. I didn't know that was Cassandra at first. It's a little older well, she, looking. There, no, no. thing is, it doesn't look anything like Cass except for when you did, like, you know, Aiko's like Kane. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like Kane the wrestler. It's like, holy you thought shit. That, so you thought it was thought the big red machine out of nowhere? Actually, for some reason, at one point before like the deal, I kind of thought, well, what happened if they got David? What happened if they got her dead? That'd be crazy. But I think he's dead. Right? He's dead. I think yeah. he got thrown in a pit. Uh, but when you're having all that and Jade's getting drunk off her ass, yeah. when Mr. Freeze shows up, I thought this was going to be, and it's something that me and you, it's very personal to me and you. It's something that we always talk about. We talked about it during Forever Evil. We talk about it all the things when Batman died, when he died at the end of the New 52, and we ended up having the Bat Bunny of Gordon, that we wanted to have the villains kind of say, like, listen, that's bullshit. Like, that's my guy. You, you can go almost like a family where you, you can yell and scream about your family members, but the minute somebody else comes in and says it, you flip out. We always wanted the villains to be. On the deal of we need Batman, Batman does this, that. 
And then it's just like Mr. Freeze is just like, yeah, I need some shit that's down there. <laughs> I want to get some stuff from the Orgum. Well, what I you're wish describing, too, like also that. kind of feels like what we had for during Forever Evil with the Arkham War, where Bane put on the Batman persona to, like, rile in all the freaking uh, the villains out there because they're only afraid of the Bat, and they weren't afraid of Bane, so he's going to put on some Batman yeah, clothes. Yeah, and that's, I just like the idea that maybe Mr. Freeze is like, listen, we talked about this a while, especially when Batman died, the idea of, like, how dare somebody else kill him? Like, I should have been the one. I'm going to go and do this, and maybe you could save him that way. But when you have all this, and I know you can play it off any way you want, whatever, where's Damien? Where's, you know, Nightwing? Where, where, where are they? I think instead of having Mr. Freeze show up because, you know, he's the only other person in this book that wasn't in this room at this moment, the idea of Red Hood showed up with everything they've gone through, he's the one guy who's there for Batman. I think that would have been a bigger it like, been you know, really reveal. Good. Yeah, it would have been great. And also, we'd find out. Well, actually, he's cured from. And then you could bring in. Then you could bring in Ravager and Manhunter, and have a great team. I, you could bring in all of them, and you could have connected. Now I know Anybody that but all Azrael. the books, all the books aren't really connected that great. But if you're going to connect this, you could have even had. If this is six months in the future, whatever it might be, where you end up, Catwoman calls Jason and says, "Hey, can you help?" And like, "Hey, you you were worried about me six months ago." You could have nailed that down. But also, again, like. Don't you think that Nightwing would have something to say about this? Especially because Titan Oracle's Blood part of the deal. Oracle, though, is part yeah, of she this. still lives here. Yeah, is she not, like, getting a hold of her guy? Right? Is she got Titan? Maybe. Maybe Look, they just have Titan stuff is, going on. It's just, she, she calls up. She gets the, the voicemail. It's like, hey there, my guy. What's going on? Batman's <laughs> hey, being hung. Oh, wait. I'm going to hang up the phone. Like, hopefully he doesn't listen to that message because I just remembered he's doing Beast World stuff. Yeah, he's, he's right now. Oh, I get Damien, but he's a cat. You can't get him. <laughs> He's a cat. Is he I mean, a cat? But I think he was. So he fits. Is, is, is everybody a cat in your mind? Yeah, I, I think he's a, cool a cat. cat. I remember seeing the deal because they had that crazy meme where it's the cat and then the lady mad. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm still sitting here. I don't know anything about Beast Damien right would have worked out. He's the cat boy. He's there. Seriously, though, I know that it's kind of a, a crit. He should have been Bat Boy. I mean, Bat Boy from the National Enquirer would have been great. See him. Where's Damien? He's like. He's coming out from the basement with the door open. That pet boy down. So, but he's uh, a Robin. But he's but he's a cat, Eric. He would have fit. I don't get it. But you could have done more. It's a, a weird play. Again, maybe there's a step too far. But in the play of at least mention it. Mention something. Because this is too big. And like we said, it's even too big for the rest. I'm not even talking superheroes. I'm talking government that says, yeah, foreign dignitaries can't just and come again, on American soil and hang people. I don't give a shit about the government and stuff like that. I want to know everybody who's in Gotham, like the entire Bat family. I know that Batman's been a dick lately and says, I need to be by myself for a while. And Brood, I don't need to be a part of a Bat family. But where's Duke Thomas? Like, you know, like uh, Stephanie Brown, anybody that's involved with the Bat family at all. I, like, if you want to, I could even just throw Nightwing out there because he could, he, he could be busy doing. You know, Beast World stuff. I don't know, but there's other Damien's people in Gotham that are big people in Gotham that would say, "Hey, I, I kind of want to help my mentor, Tim Drake." And, and again, like and maybe you they said, are off on the sidelines. And Catwoman just didn't get him for the crew. No, and like you said, the idea. Well, that, but I think that it'd be funny at the end. Catwoman's like, "Oh no, we didn't make it to the gallows," and you just see the Beth family just come in and grab him and run. But the idea of well, Jason Todd like, would have been perfect. When, when when Batman's being walked out for that little future, look, like you know, look to where he's going, right to the gallows, about to have the noose put around his neck. 
I just all I could think about when I saw that was like you know Robin Hood Prince of Thieves or any Robin Hood iteration where he's going to get hung and all of a sudden an arrow's going to come and hit an the, arrow hit the rope and I'm like Roy Harper in a crossbow Oliver crossbow you could do it right I just thought of like oh I guess they got Kelly Jones to dress that asshole because he looks just like that which I I thought was neat it looked yeah. neat in there but again it's a weird play because like you said there is that weird gray area and you could say well. Maybe Tim Drake is there, but the what the thalamus engine it's it's going and it's changing his mind. But why isn't it changing Catwoman's or Jade's or, or you know? So there is that weird play. Maybe you have to get drunk and then it doesn't affect you. They're all Maybe you have to be from Alleytown. Maybe I mean Alleytown's so disgusting. Like me personally, I could go in there, shit water in my mouth. There, I'm I'm in. I am now inoculated. <laughs> I agree. Vaccine. So you have all that going on. I like the crew enough. It just makes me wonder why this crew, and I, I get most of it. We're still going to get Poison Ivy doing stuff, right? Poison Ivy was part of the idea of, I need somebody. She said she doesn't want to be part of the crew, but they needed yeah. her to do something with the plan. So, yeah, I expect to see more for her. And even the idea that you're going and Cheshire says, hey, you know, I Solomon Grundy got me out. And we yeah. see that in the background as well. And me and you love Solomon Grundy. We love having him. You know, do things, even though after we recorded our Patreon spot, I think it was afterwards, we were talking about Solomon Grundy a bit. I thought it was kind of Might be, but I, I can't remember. But the idea that we want Solomon Grundy to maybe, maybe get killed, he, get resurrected as something here. badass, right? He needs to become a gigantic brute again who's not a team player or a friendly uncle in the sewer. Yeah, we like that, but it's gone too long. And I, I think that a good play would be for him to come back and then just go and kick Poison Ivy out of his shack. Get out of the shack, bitch. And then he's got it back and we're like, wow. oh, my God, he really means something now. And now it's Solomon Grundy versus Killer Croc because Killer Croc's going claim that shack as well. And again, where are all the other villains? What do they think of this and stuff like that? It, it, you always have that kind of, you know, not a full blown, like, that. hey, Where's we have to go to each of the people. Yeah, there's a lot of characters that might have an issue with all of this, but. Well, because Two Face was a part of this story and then just kind of disappeared after Harvey told Two Face who Batman's identity was and Two Face saved Batman because Batman can't do anything himself in the series. I think the theme of tonight for this whole show is going to be books that kind of forget what they were doing before and then just do other shit, maybe. But when you're doing. What, what do you think happens with Nakano? I mean, this guy. He's got to be else. He is, has to be taking so much money, all that, that, and he's just Nakano, whatever. But what about the GCPD? And what about Renee Montoya, a character that I like? Like, what are they doing? Are they being paid She's asking off? questions. She is asking, but not the right ones, I guess. So what is going on with them? It's, it's very odd. But Catwoman well, the thing is, you up- say that. I have never understood the entire Orgum thing from the get-go. Like you said, the idea they come in, they've got a deed to where the Arkham-like asylum's land was from, like, you know, centuries ago. And all of a sudden, you know, we're just building gigantic skyscrapers in the middle of Gotham, and there's goddamn demons being put in people's head by a werewolf. I don't know what's happening in this book. And now we just have an entire city on their side to go hang Batman for no reason, except for... And that guy, he uh, he took that building down that you might have liked, but nobody ever knew what it was. Yeah, everybody was partying outside, but didn't know what it was. But again, you could well, say that's the reality engine. Yeah, we, we certainly did not. And again, 
I don't know what the reality engine is at this point in time because it was set up back in the 1600s to be a thing that's going to be like the the guidestone for how Gotham's going to be. It was tainted by a Batman of that time. So ever since then, there's always going to be this Batman mythology and this theme running throughout Gotham's timeline. We need to change that now, but I don't know what that does to the current timeline and the way things work with the reality engine right now before we change things. And that's part of the reason that this drives me nuts. Even though some of the bits here I don't mind. I think they're kind of cool. They could be cool. Getting a crew together is kind of cool, but that's, it, it, that's it always about it. is cool, right? There's not one person. It's like, son of a bitch, I'm in. That's what we need. But throughout all this, you have that play that you talk about with the Speed Force. You talk about with magic. You talk about there is a thing in place. Maybe the emotional spectrum soon. There, there's a thing in place where you can just fudge anything you want. You can make it do whatever you want because it is. And that's the thing. Why would you, as Ram B, nail it down? But yeah, why would you explain it fully? Because then it limits it. It's limitless right now where you can just, he's not even mentioning it. And the only way that I can explain things in my head sometimes is saying it must be that. So it's on me. So he could even say, well, that's your fault, jerk off. What's wrong turn saying must be Thalamus engine. Reality engine. Oh, that'll be coming up in between breaks. I'm telling you right now. So. You have all that going down, but I do like Mr. Freeze joining in and says, listen, I know you don't trust me. and I, I really don't care. I want to get what you I'm going to get. You shouldn't trust me, but I want something. So I want get, something. Get I, I'm going to get it. So, And there are some shady characters on this team, which is pretty cool. And then you just go then and, okay, we got the team together. Let's kind of start working out the plan. Let's start seeing things. Solomon Grundy's mentioned Catwoman's like, hey, I got to go do some other things. You guys go down to the sewers. Go get Solomon Grundy. You guys go do some other stuff. I got some shit to tell. And the shit is going to the old Arkham ruins where they have said they have Batman in prison below, sneaking in, breaking in, and then, of course, going through vents. I mean, anything Catwoman now is vent-centric. And then goes down to kind of kiss Batman and whisper in his ear. And the idea that she needs to go down there and tell Batman, like, this is part of the plan. Hey, Batman, we're going to save you. Bye-bye. And li- all this does to me is alert every single person that you're well, that's doing the thing this. Is, you don't know about the situation because Catwoman being Catwoman was able to bypass all the cameras, get in here without anybody knowing that she was in there. But what she didn't count on was the demon asthma in the Batman's mind that allowed Gail Tenkall, the Wolfman, to know things of that's going on in his mind. And oh my God, Catwoman must the have been Wolfman. here because me being the Wolfman saw it in my mind from Batman's mind. And and so in, in Ram V's mind, though, he thinks, okay, before they save Batman, they even say at one point, oh, they're going to try to save him. They'll do it right when we're going to execute him. But in the meantime, she actually does break in to where he's being held. I guess you can't really grab him and well, yeah, pull him through him the vents. The big play, though, in all this that maybe it points out, but Ramsey is always so subtle, is the idea that what do you do when you save him? He's infected by the asthma. We don't know how that changes. You how got that's a magic done. music box that's doing something somewhere. Yeah. So when she does, but, but it, it feels like the craziest thing. Where it, what does happen, whether she thinks it will or not, because somehow she becomes, you know, I don't know, magic based that she can end up avoiding being filmed. I don't even get it. She's a cat burglar. She, the thing is, bullshit. she can just avoid the cameras. No, it's not bullshit. Thieves do it all the time. There would be one camera that you need to have here. That would be on Batman. There is no way they don't have a camera on Batman. And she's well, there hugging and don't. kissing him. But th- that's what I'm saying. He's fudging it. There's no way of, 
What are you going to have a camera down the hall in the bathroom? You're going to have a camera at the inside and the outside of the store and on Batman. There's the cameras, but they don't, but they kind of say they did. And then they say, well, we should have been able to see whoever it was. I think it's the Catwoman. Yes, it is, because out of nowhere, again, you fudge things by suddenly Gail Tenclaw, the Wolfman. He says, because of the asthma, I'm able to see what Batman sees and thinks. What? Where, where did that come from? Why are Thoughts you making he's having, up stuff he's like that? He's still fighting the asthma inside him. So he can't, he's not fully controlled by the asthma to the point where Gail Tenclaw can understand what's exactly going on through his eyes and mind. But he can read some thoughts as the asthma looks into his mind and tries to break in. And he was having thoughts of the Catwoman. Yeah, so, but you're, you're almost getting mouth monsters again, as we said. You see through the rage and you see, why are you fudging stuff like this? This is just a story. That you are going to save Batman from being hung You don't have to get that crazy With this part here I don't even know why we had this part Except Randy wants to maybe get some points For having Catwoman go and say Hey I love you there Bat I love you the Batmans I'm gonna get you out babies (laughs) I whisper in your ears All the time the Batmans And doesn't really do anything Even then it's like they almost Play the idea of oh my god she must have told the Batman. She didn't tell him shit. She said, we'll save you. I whispered to you. Told and, him you know, everything. Had deal. And then go. But again, what is happening in this issue? I do like as she then goes out and then starts riding her motorcycle. Like nobody can film her. And then you have to have the play because recently Gotham War, Teeny Howard, that Catwoman has now been pushed as the greatest criminal in all of the universe. So you get that play of, oh, she's only a cat burglar, just so she can end up saving him by the end. But it's very odd. Also, I want to point out, it's funny saying that this is in the future. Obviously, we had that play of, okay, Catwoman looked like she died. She came back, and it does look like she's going to have powers, but we don't see that here. I guess she's keeping them on the down Also, it looks like the gallows where Batman's going to be hung is right outside of the old Arkham ruins, and not like in center center city like we thought it was going to be so maybe because they own the property they can hang whoever the fuck they like you stamp on my ground you're a trespasser you're getting hung i don't think that's how it works oh. it would be funny if they're like because batman has the asthma they're like okay how this is gonna play we have to get him out of the property then we'll have the he's hey don't you step on my property i feel threatened take him to the gallows stand your ground organs that's what i got these sense. she zips around maybe she should just like Set fire to the gallows That'd be pretty cool Also looks like there's a Let's bunch of just, gallows. There's a bunch of hangers on uh, They just seem like they're hanging there It's like you know a concert's coming up well, I imagine those are the guards They're just kind of like you know lay, they're Layabouts a little bit Positioning there I'm like I don't know They kind of look like they're just milling about We're on the break It looks like between bands at the Lilith Fair You kind of you know hey let's go check out that know. You know deal and whatnot. Right? You, you're doing that it's like Woodstock It's going to be all muddy so she ends up from there and then she thinks, okay, well, we're going to have to like, that was just a pit stop. I got to go tell Batman that we're going to save him, even though he's kind of infected by the asthma, but he can still hear it, even though I don't know. But then Gail Tenclaw will hear it from him through the mind. But in the meantime, I got to go find another person, the last person that we need on our team. And it's so As funny because, of course, it's somebody that 
Eric hates, and it's Asriel. Looks cool, though. I mean, he's there, and he's just burning people. <laughs> he's just ripping through Gotham for some reason. Outside of this whole thing, I don't know what Asriel's been doing. Like, apparently, he's been hanging out with Father Valley. He's been hanging out with Vengeance. But he's in Gotham essentially murdering people, and Batman's allowing this to go down still. But obviously, he's been busy with some things. But come on, how long has Asriel been back in Gotham just murdering folk? Well, you, you figure that almost like a failsafe when all of a sudden Batman kills somebody. It's at, the minute that Batman seems like he might die, Asriel gets a message. Oh, shit, battle for the cow, bitches! And he heads back to Gotham and just starts slicing people. Even in that one thing that we read with, it was a backup, I believe it was, where he's, still, he's rebuilding, it looks like, the Asbat suit from Nightfall. Well, there you go. <laughs> Asriel, like, it's what, so weird. The thing is, we're doing so much Reign of the Superman stuff, we've got to do Nightfall over again? Well, that's all we're doing. We're doing all the classics, Eric, all the classics. But, uh, yeah, at the end, you end up where... There's Kevin. It's like, yeah, I kind of wanted to get this big armored guy with a vengeance and a flaming sword. Sean Paul Valley should have stayed dead. Yeah, I, I even think that the idea of this, it, it better not be so clear cut that Azrael's like, all right, he's the one who goes, son of a bitch, I'm in. That, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't think he would get involved in this. I think that he would not want to be involved with See, characters the thing is, that are involved in it. Oh, yeah, he's going to have a problem with that, it feels like. But maybe the whole thing going forward with the... The Orgums get what they want to a degree where Azrael takes Batman's place and he's hung. And then I could be happy that Azrael's dead <laughs> while he's in the Azbat suit. And then Batman could go back to being something that's more of an urban legend because people's minds are altered by the reality engine and how Gotham should work. Okay. Well, that might that might work. Maybe. Would you think that Azrael would be a guy? Just kill Azrael. <laughs> would, would you, you think Azrael be that kind of guy who just because down the line they would say, you know that Azrael, he was hung. That he would go for that, that he's like, that's no, worth it. That's even worth just it. the idea that, you know, when Catman finds him, it. like, when she says to him, when she finds him beating up those guys and setting, you know, people on fire alive, I had a feeling you might be out here looking for him, your angel. So it seems like he might sacrifice himself for what he perceives in this book to be his angel now. So I can maybe. go with it. Maybe. Chris Angel, maybe. No, I, not I the actually, mind freak. I actually wouldn't mind if, uh, if Ghostmaker showed up, if he was like, Bullshit. This is bullshit. And he shot. But the problem is there are certain characters. Azrael almost feels like one of them that he could really do some damage. And I think that the idea that Ram V wants to put that whole religious aspect in with the organs, what they're doing, and kind of the black magic and the, the well, sort of demons history. in the mind. There's this angel over it here. It really works well for Azrael. But I think that Ghostmaker. He'd just come in and wreck Human house. Sacrifice. <laughs> he would just come in and fly in on the fan. Just grab Batman and leave. But that'd be kind of cool. Where's Where's Clown Hunter? Is he involved? But then we—that's the end of the first story. The front up, the back up is okay. Me and you, especially you, you're a big fan of Cheshire, of Leanne and Jade, and and you get to see a little Solomon bit. And they actually they describe, or at least you know, kind of tell what happened a little of when Jade had shoes to just in let the underground. Her go when shoes was in the underground, and in fact, I. The only thing that I, I kind of laughed at in this, because I thought it was pretty good. This is it's one of the, the things I you said. It's one of my favorite things that Dan Waters has done because it's very clear and concise. You get some things and you get that play between the mother and daughter while Solomon Grundy's sitting there. you get at, real emotion between, you know, from uh, Leanne Harper and the, confronting her mother about abandoning her and abandoning her father, Roy, and the idea of where she's been this entire time in Gotham, finding her real family since her mother abandoned her. Yeah, and... She says, hey, you know, after you abandoned me, I made it to the murder capital of the world, Gotham, and I did it without you. 
And then Jade's like, are you crazy? You're going to tell your mom about that stuff where you died? <laughs> yeah, really. And she's like, I, and this is where it's weird. And I hope that this doesn't end up going. Ag- I, I don't see how it could go against anything in the Green Arrow book or anything. Because this is kind of basic stuff of heading in. And it is to get towards the Catwoman stuff that Ram V did. So I like that he's doing this. But when Jade's like, listen, I saw you strutting your stuff. Down Gotham, like you were naive. You were going down alleys with your crazy outfits, and then you end up where she says, "I saw these guys following you." I don't know what they wanted specifically. Unfortunately, I think that most people might figure that out, and it's bad. And so, it's really good that she was there, and she says, "I destroyed these people." I even like the way that Jade said that at points. They she dropped off Leanne, and then she had to do a job. Ended up going she and killing. Folk. Uh, a couple, I guess it was like ambassadors or something, she said. And when she ended up doing that, she realized that they had a kid in the other room. And usually she wouldn't have cared and would actually killed the kid. But she, because of Leanne, said, I changed it up a bit. I just murdered the parents. I, I let the kids sleep. Let that yeah. go. And yeah, it kind of changed. Leanne and I like that. I did like that. And I like that as they're doing this, they do end up getting angry. Because you would get angry at some of this. And Solomon Grundy can't take it. He actually reacts as if he's like the little kid and the parents are fighting, which I like. I wish it went a little more with. Well, m- mostly things come to a head as he's struggling to drink the tea from the China teacup that Jade gave him. The idea where he's like, you know, trying his hardest. But when Leander says, fuck you, mom, it just he just breaks. Because at that point in time, he's just a terrified person, you know, like, oh, my God, what am I in the middle of right now? And it's a great thing that Jay, uh, that Leanne was able to say, fuck you, mom, because it actually gets, you know, Jade on her side to the point where it's like, fine, look, you've really hurt me with this. And I don't admit, you know, pain very much, but I'm going to help you with your silly spandex people. So you get, you know, Cheshire and it gets her on the team on the team with Vegas. There's so many, like, I want to say Leanne Harper. I want to say Shoes. I want to say Cheshire Cat. There's just so many names that all come, but I'm like, I think I'm doing too we should, much. We I'm probably should somebody. say Leanne. Just, we we should make a rule for ourselves that in the podcast we'll just say Leanne. But I even like it where you have Jade who, you do, Dan Waters does a good job through the narration as well of Jade, like, I should hug her and she shouldn't feel weird in this. It should be her house, but it isn't. This and I, I really liked it. I, yeah, I thought really that good it was really good. I liked it a lot. Like you said, it has the emotion. It really does come to a head with the F you, mom. And you end up having Solomon Grundy break that. And that kind of breaks the ice. Not breaks the ice, but it makes him stop and look. Uh, uh, and he's still doing his deal. And then they actually get the hug. And I like the idea. Solomon Grundy, like that he has those, you know, chains and stuff too. Looks badass. Where he's like, me not understand, ladies. Because now they're. Oh, well, you don't understand like, though. It's, 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 so it's also attached to his, you know, wallet, so it's not that cool. So, well, that is that isn't cool. I hate that so much. I saw a guy with that like two months ago. I'm like, really? Like you, you still go with that look? That's pretty pretty lame, pal. It was my kid. Or well, maybe a strong that he's not letting go. That's true. So maybe he's like the the wallet. Like I don't know, just runs away at points, but. He's confused, like, what What am they hugging for? Pretty cool. And then they start kicking ass and taking me and killing people. Cheshire like- and Cheshire Cat. Mother and daughter working together, a dynamic duo. I like I like that backup. I thought it was pretty cool. And while you didn't need it. It was a great pillow cleanser for me that actually made me think, man, that was an okay meal overall. And, well, and what it did also is it still works for the story because you have, you know, Leanne. And Jade, so you see how it happened. How and she even mentions earlier, hey, I got out of the thing. She was in the cages. 
with the people with asthma where they were loading them up and, and going with that. And Solomon That's Grundy was able to save them. So, yeah, so it was cool. She even mentions that Solomon Grundy, he ended up, okay, well, get Solomon Grundy. So it all works out. It was actually, it did elevate. For once, one of these backups elevated the story. But what would you go overall? Overall, I think I like, you know, for the regular story, I'd probably give it a 5.5 to a 6 out of 10 for what was going on there. But I think that the backup actually elevated this book to a 6.5 out of 10 for I, me. I, I'm a little bit ahead. I'm a 7. I'm a 7 overall because, again, if I could get past some of the wonky, well, then again, it's it's weird to say get past the wonkiness because there's a lot of wonkiness. But I do like the concept and the big play of gathering that team. I think that yeah. it's cool to have, you know, freeze. That's pretty awesome. Oracles okay. involved, which is kind of neat. I just like the idea that it's just a crazy play that we'll probably never see a team like this again. But, but even the team, when we see them, like you said, we're sitting around and talking. Freeze shows up at the door. And like, you know, Oracle is just on the phone. Like, we're okay. not doing anything yet with the dude. team. <laughs> I'm still going seven. I, I actually, that backup, I actually think it elevated a lot for me. And I'm like, all right. Like you said, because it's the last thing, I'm like, yep, all right. I can dig that. So a seven, not anything higher than that. But we're going to yeah, move on to worthwhile. the next book. Yeah, when we're, we're going to move on to the next book. That is, is this one worthwhile, Eric? Because I don't get it. I don't Maybe get eventually? this book. Well, I think that the problem with this book, and it is, Batman and Robin should be a big book. It feels like they jumped the gun. Maybe there was somewhere where they did need like, hey, we need a Batman and Robin book. Sales are down. That'll get some sales. Hey, let's do this. But I agree. I always say we need a Batman and Robin book. But this one doesn't feel like it has any sort of purpose whatsoever at all. And the story itself is a mess. It's And the art is even worse. It's Batman and Robin number three. It's written by Joshua Williamson, art by Simone DeMaio, letters by Steve Wands. And, and it's the, the thing, though, like you said, the uh, the idea of the art. We talked about it in the last issue of Batman Robin, where statically things can look okay, but when you're looking for motion panel to panel to what's going on in the scene, you have a good chance of getting lost the way things are laid out and the way things are drawn, especially with the way that the colors blend together. And it's the biggest detriment to this book. I, I want to say the biggest detriment, but even that's weird to say because the story itself, like, we're not even doing anything yet. Even the idea where it seems this entire issue, issue number three of Batman and Robin, is just to let us know that Tommy Elliott, Hush, is not involved. And the thing is, up until Batman said this, we never I never thought, thought that, that, that right? he was. That's the this, it's, it's so, with everything that's going on, with the idea of shush, yes, shush sounds like hush, and she looks the way that Tommy Elliott dresses, but... With everything going on with animal-human DNA splicing and everything, like the animal crew that she's put together between White Rabbit, the Terrible Trio, feel the Man like Bat, us, right? I, I don't see any Tommy Elliot in this at all. So when Batman's so concerned about this to the point where he doesn't want to let it go, obviously Tommy Elliot's got to get involved. Like, oh, really? You're doing this? Because uh, I never thought that. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, we talk about, and a lot of people talk about the lack of detective work in, in a Batman story. And they like the detective work. But when you end up reading this, and you actually feel smarter than Batman because you never thought, like, I'm like, really? Like, yeah, so am I. And I never thought of it. What everybody thought. Now, Josh Williamson, in his mind, must think that, okay, I'll introduce the sh- shush. It's shush. so funny. Like, shush, which everybody's like, oh, a female hush. But nobody ever said, oh, that's cool. I bet that hush is involved. No, what we thought was, oh, it's another one of these bullshit deals that Joshua Williamson always does. You know, you end up having peace wrecker. Or Dr. Hate. or th- Red Canary. Yeah, Red Canary. He keeps doing it. So there's no any sort. And the idea where it almost felt like he was Sweet trying play. to. 
It's like it's almost as bad as Rico Tamaki with her nonsense, Mister Worth. But you end up where? What was the other? What was the Anavulsion? Anavulsion. Hugh Vile. Yeah. So when Batman, keep, where is he? Where's Tom? What he first Tommy? I'm like, what the hell is he talking? About? Is he talking about Eric's buddy? But yeah, buddy named Tommy. Oh, he means Tommy. Oh, he thinks it's Tasha. I'm like, what a dummy. Like, where would you get this? In the meantime, you have done what I think, again, becomes the Joshua Williamson signature. Not only just the idea that stories will change mid-arc, things will get like, oh, that's the bad guy, but no, now this is. But what he does is he'll give you wow moments. He'll he'll give you something that, in a solicit, probably says, it will change things forever. And then you just kind of push it aside. He was attacked by bats. He ended yep. up having that poison in him. This that was a play. spread all over him to the point where he would not be able to operate his Batman outside at night because he would be swarmed by bats who wanted to attack him the entire time. We need to find an antidote to this. So, Batman, you have to lie low and not do Batman stuff. But, well, Dad, I'm going to do Batman stuff. Well, what about the bats? Well, it doesn't matter because they haven't shown back up. <laughs> yeah. The, the play of this was I thought it was going to be a crazy thing in a Batman and Robin book. Where Batman cannot, it, it seemed he couldn't go out at night. Now he'll have to rely fully on Damien. Gotta watch out for them day bats. Go out at night. Damien will go out at night while also having to go school in the day, and it'll be this kind of flip flop deal, and that'll be. Where you wear Damien down. That sounds cool. Yeah. Instead, the very next issue, pretty much, or the two issues, whatever, oh, well, we kind of limited that a little. We did this, and then this it's mentioned. Oh, man, I see your little... And it's just pushed aside. We see I'll give that you the it antidote, doesn't matter. Batman. Well, obviously, Batman doesn't need the antidote. Shush. But he's a dummy. He's like, well, if you tell me about Tommy Elliot... <laughs> and then she's like, here's the antidote. And he, opens up the, he, he opens up the box, and it has a, a fucking mirror. Listen, you all along. He ends up where... Apparently. Like, I love the idea. There's, uh, Hey, I'll give you the antidote. I want him to say, you see any bats around, bitch? There's nobody. Think- what are you talking about? And the thing about? is, if you page through this book, you will see bats going to where Batman and Robin currently are at Blackgate Penitentiary. They're flying towards the place. They're, They're going to help him the eventually, right? They're going to come and help him. They're not a detriment to Batman at all throughout this entire issue. I don't even think you see one around him throughout this issue. You just see him in the back and like, yeah, they're still there. Watch out. They're in the back cave where Batman, like I said, just get one well, of those. That was years like, ago. Uh, uh, I want the hermetically sealed like suit. And he's up, but even that, like in the art and that you have some pretty cool art, like the Damien there where he's sitting there and he's like, Hey, I know everything Pennyworth in the, but there's also always these panels of somebody grabbing a book. You see Robin's hand with just a rub. There's too much of those kind of side panels at, at the point where you end up in. Then you're right. That is in the past. But when you go to the today, you do see today. some bats converging. But what you get on that page, and I sat there looking at it, like you end up where you see the outside deal bats flying pretty cool. You see some motion involved, but then you see people yelling from a building. Then you're looking through curtains. Then you see a bang of a door. Then you see a cell. There's no reason for it. There's no actual art progression that I can even follow. And it just ends up being a mishmash of a bunch of nonsense. In this issue, you do, again, have some cool things. I don't ever want to say that the art is bad because if you got a page, a panel, The art is bad at telling the story or helping tell the story. And so when you get this, there are points where you're going to go into the prison. 
you're going to have uh, Batman's going to have to go find a bomb. You're going to have Damien go off and try to get White Rabbit. Sometimes you can't get you rid of the bomb. You end up having the, ter- you know, the terrible trio. But I couldn't tell you that when I got done that I could describe the lay of the land and how it progresses. I can't say to you, well, they went in the front door, went down to the th- and then they went to a cell and then this, that. It well, is even just said, things thrown to- at you. Right? Not even the idea of art not being able to tell the story that needs to, but like the part you talked about to me the other day, the idea where Shush is locked up in a cell, it talks about the idea, I have a bomb, I've activated the bomb, you have to go stop the bomb Batman, while Damien is trying to get a hold of White Rabbit, who's running roughshod throughout the prison, it's a terrible trio after her, but then, out of nowhere, Shush is just out of the cell and on the run again. We just, why did we even have that scene? Why was yeah, it there? Why? And you're doing another thing that Simone DeMaio, now in a couple issues, it seems to be a thing. We had that play where Damien was there and like, oh, man, you know, the, he's getting bullied. He mentions it again here. But it looked like he beat the crap out of those guys. But then he that did. Was of that the was mind. a dream sequence of the mind. But it never because it's in the same page. It does. At this point, I swear, somebody has to have been reading this and like Batman's so dumb that there's shush. Listen, I have a bomb somewhere. The bomb looks like it's two feet away because she's just talking about the bomb. But there it is. But that's of the bus. It's so weird the way that this whole thing progresses. And then again, you're going to have a little thing of a sniff. Then you're going to have a hand. Then you're going to have this. And you can't, I just can't grab, I can't wrap my head around what is actually happening. And then when I actually sit back, because it does, this is the weird play. It does make you then try to figure out more than, okay, well, let me really see. And then you realize, Shit's happening. They're not really doing anything in this issue. They go to get White Rabbit to question her because Batman thinks Hush is involved. But in the meantime, you end up having Shush wanting to get White Rabbit. At one point, White Rabbit even runs out of the cell, gets away, and says, Hey, see, it wouldn't want to be ya, and starts running. Well, then you have Shush talking like that later with those crazy little ones. It, it, it's just really odd. This whole thing. Then you have the terrible trail. Then you have the DNA splicer. Like, what are we doing here? Well, not even that. I I just sit here and I look at White Rabbit because it's such an odd inclusion. Obviously, you want a White Rabbit character because you're doing an animal group in this storyline. But I just think about where we've come in 10 years. The idea where 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, in the New 52, when you introduced White Rabbit like this, it was a woman with rabbit ears, like, you know, fake rabbit ears who walked around in white brown panties. This one, she's fully covered for the most part. I'm like, yep, that's where you went. You could not get away with New 52 too, stuff in this. The New 52 White Rabbit was like two seconds away from being featured in a Motley Crue video and then heading to the Playboy Mansion for a while. Actually, she was so, she went Playboy. She'd be in Hustler, Eric. It was even that dirtier, but holy moly. But in this, I'm like, what is going on? Are they trying to grab, like now they're trying to grab her because they don't want her to, Spill the beans. But originally, like, you would think maybe they were going to turn her into a real rabbit. We still have the terrible trio that seems to be DNA spliced, all this stuff. And it's just like, what is going on? Batman is so concerned. Even the idea of the white rabbit before, the white rabbit was previously in the new 52. The idea that it was like a split morphing personality of another woman, and you'd be, she became this white woman who walked walked around in white lingerie essentially, and there was a different personality during the like you know outside of crime time. So right now it's just White Rabbit now and all the time. Yeah, and just kind of goofy. Well, she runs away, and Robin says, Damien says, I'm going to go get her. Batman, of course, has to go and find this bomb. 
So he goes off to find the bomb. Of course, he ends up. Fi- I don't even know how or where. Like you don't even get attention of it because he just suddenly's there with the bomb with three but seconds Jim, left. Snips a wire. Done. He had one second left when he snipped the wire, Jim. Oh my God, the stakes have never been higher. You know what I'm saying though. When he gets there, I think it might be at five seconds, but immediately he's just there. In the meantime, White Rabbit and Damien are teaming up, but you don't really get much of the you scope take on of the, the terrible fight. trio until the, they get taken out you go b- out front and a, shush gets a hold of white rabbit and then they all drive away but the thing is terrible trio you go that way we're gonna go this way but they don't realize that batman has the batmobile and damien has the robin mobile so they can both follow and damien's gonna go after the terrible trio which hopefully leads them to the dna like specialist scientist who was kidnapped previously while batman goes after shush and the white rabbit but i love i i mean at at this point, it looks like it's like 3 a.m., right? And Batman's big thing. Okay, I'll follow Shush and White Rabbit. You're going back to school. <laughs> when do you think school's in session there, Pops? But he's like, no, no, I'm not going back because I'm, it looks like we're not going to get to school now. Because he just says, I was bullied by the jocks and I was with the cold. I'm like, that could have been real fun. That, that could have been a, a fun little play. I'm actually right now with Zach. We're doing the Robin Year One Dick Grayson deal, and a big part of that is him at school, and it's really nice. Well, that's the thing is, we're definitely going to get more school because there's no way that the principal and or his teacher during whatever class that was is not involved or is shush herself. So, but it's weird for him to say, "I'm not going back. I'm bullied. uh, Happy." I got the experience. I'm like, all right, well, we'll the see. The principal seemed to know, and even the idea of shush, and then we had the person who was training Damien back before. I think we were just making before. up shit because there's not we, enough no, of a story, maybe. I, we it had, seemed we, like we you were We had right. that woman who was the training Damien before he ever came to Batman, who seemed really like you know into the idea of keeping Damien there and training him the best possible. She would lay down her life for Damien at that point in time. There's no way going forward that she's not the principal of Gotham High School, or she's shush. Well, we'll talk about it by the end or because both. they're they're going and and they're fighting. They're trying to get it, and you have what again? It could be in some of the art statically is kind of cool. Batman yeah. yelling, "Hey, White Rabbit, jump!" And then she's like, "No, you crazy? No, jump!" She's gonna jump. It, it's okay. You end up, but even so, I can't get like the full progression when you end up where you don't need to show shush. At the wheel there close up before this blowing up. You don't really, I don't really know what happens. Well, even that point, when when you have the Batmobile driving right next to Shush's car, I was going to say the Shishmobile for whatever reason, (laughs) and White Rabbit jumps from one car to the other, and then Shush immediately runs into something else, and the car explodes, and then when we freaking like hit the brakes, turns out Shush got away. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell are you talking about? I don't know what happened. (laughs) She got away. What are you talking I saw a kaboom. Eh, There you go. It's got away here. Uh, so you end up with that. And again, Batman's still hinged. I, I need to know what happened about Hush. Hush must be the leader. You're barking up the wrong tree, Batman. I don't know where the, their master scheme is, but it's not, it has anything to do with Shush. I mean, Hush. <laughs> hush. 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 I hush. love that play in all of this where Batman is so convinced that it's Hush. Like, he usually doesn't jump the conclusions like that, but he's like, it has to be. And then all it takes is White Rabbit to go, <laughs> Really? Uh-uh. Like, the idea that Shush, no, I'm getting it, really was concerned, Oosh. really was concerned <laughs> that White Rabbit was going to spill the beans. I don't think it was ever anything coming up about Hush. Like, the no. idea of this, it, it, Hush, like, no, no. So then we go back to the zoo where Damien is tailing 
the, the terrible, terrible trio, trio. They go in and finds Dr. Kafira. Dr. Kafira's like, ah, they they put some chemical inside me. And then I thought Damien's going to be like, oh, shit, the bats are going to try to rape you now. And he's like, I don't feel good. And, and and maybe it's true because out of nowhere we have a gigantic man bat. And David's like, look, I don't give a shit about you. I trained against ninja man bats my entire life. But this one, for whatever reason, seems to be different where he comes down with gigantic, you know, mutton chop sideburns on a man bat. They turn Rachel Gould into a man bat. That's all it has to be. And such a weird idea to have that because I still wouldn't want to think it's Rachel Gould. But when he says, you really shouldn't underestimate me, my dear, my dear child. I don't know. I don't want to say it's Rachel Gould because when, like, I, when I think of Rachel Gould, it's not the sides that I think of. It's that like that pointed little goatee thing he's got going on. He's so got that going is, on. He's got sides and a goatee. It's there. Look, we, we, we know that Rach <laughs> is out and about and nobody knows about it yet. The idea of him being turned into a man bat, it feels weird. Well, I don't know why he'd go down weird, for that. But it also, who knows what the hell they're going to play. Well, this was the way I come back or this is this. But even so. And was this the man bat that we saw previously in the first issue? Well, it does connect, though, to what we hope is the play of that lady who is training Damien. That was part of the racial gold deal that may well, be Also, the- we have somebody who's behind Shush, who's the master behind this whole thing. Was it racial gold or was it man bat? Or was it, that's what I'm saying. Was it this racial gold man? I don't know. I don't remember I, the person before that we saw the dark shadow of. We didn't like really he was see like, much. It was just a dark shadow. It didn't look like a fucking man bat. <laughs> Well, this looks like Rachel Gould. He's there, and that might connect it to that play of. And remember, what we're talking about is that they showed this lady who was training Damien, but once Damien went off to be with the Batman, who knows she what didn't happened. have a job anymore. She was done, and and we think that maybe this is like the revenge on that. <laughs> the jabs. So then you have this, like Rachel. Like the craziest thing of it is, I should at the end of this be kind of excel like that's the cliffhanger and it to me it's just a fucking man bat though like it's, it's something different than like a kirk langster man bat something that seems formidable and stuff like that but never once did i think that rachel cool oh my god yes i did find it weird that he says my dear child yeah and so this guy if anything he's a big fan of race he's like, all of a sudden he's got the sideburns like that and the goatee he's got it all going on calls david my child damien it would have been nice if Damien would be like, oh, my God, what are you doing, Grandfather? But I saw Something this, like that. And I'm just like, oh, it's a formidable man bat. It didn't do anything for me. And even the idea of Raish, it could be cool. But, you know, this is all in hindsight now where I'm thinking about it. Like, well, maybe Raish stuff, but is the Raish that I This is really the issue want? I have with this. Is the the stuff with Shush. With Batman yelling, oh, my God, where's Hush? Where's Hush? And then we find out that it's actually re- like, how does that connect? And how does that Rachel work? Gould. You know, he's always been about splicing his DNA with stuff. Or maybe, all right, look, look. Would he want to go hump the leg of Batman now with that pheromones? Do you think that's going to be a problem? Just like trying maybe. to make out with Batman? Pretty cool. Pretty sexy. <laughs> Let's think about it, though. Outside <laughs> I'm of things. I'm trying. This is all hypothetical that this is Rachel Gould, okay? Looks like it. I, yeah, I, I'm going to play yeah. the game right now. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm 100% down with the idea that this is Raish. Could this be something, even though we're in a post-Gotham War thing where there is one Lazarus pit left right there in the heart of Gotham, not even the heart of Gotham, at the Gotham Observatory up on the mountain. It's still there, though. We don't know what that means or how it affects anything, or if the power is even different because it affected you, Battle Savage differently, obviously. But is this a way for Raish to try to gain some sort of more immortality without the well, idea of Lazarus? Well, that's what I thought. I mean, you could... In my mind, it's it's funny. I'm sitting there thinking desperately of like, have I heard anything about like a bat this way or that's how long they live or they do this or they have this healing? And I'm like, I don't got shit. 
And basically all I think of is guano oh, and shit and stuff like that. So I'm like, what the idea of how would this benefit Rachel Ghoul? How That's would this be the way? Because we I haven't see seen it. him. Yeah, and we haven't seen him in a while. We had him in little bits, he had Lazarus Planet deal. And so is this gonna be a play? Because you're also talking about animal splicing. Could it be as crazy as well, the Lazarus rain hit me and I became a fucking man bat. It's not the craziest thing that happened during right? that. I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We've had crazy things and now he's here because the only way he thinks that he can reverse this is through a man who does DNA splicing where we think he's trying to splice to be an animal that he kind of wants to get back to being. So now we need human DNA to splice. And he needs human DNA that he's related to. Talia's out of town. Damien's here. Maybe that is, I just need to borrow a little bit of your blood there, grandson, maybe. And then he finds out, oh, shit, th- there's the Lazarus pit. And then he jumps into that. Now he's a young man back there. He's well, like, that's that the thing. work. I don't know how it would work. I'm just thinking about the idea because now you're almost like, you know, talking about the plot to fly to with Eric Stoltz <laughs> for the idea for maybe. how you get back to being human. But even the idea is like, okay, let's say this is Ray Shuggle. Again, hypothetically. Yes. I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs he needs familiar DNA in order to enact this whole thing to get him back to being human again because for whatever reason in our weird story that we're creating right now the Lazarus Rain resurrected him and made him a man bat. Okay, this is the, this is what's going on. But why do we need exact you know DNA know. from our family to change back human when we don't we can just take animal DNA and become animal man? Are we related to the animals? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this could work out. I Is don't he going to break out in song after this, like King Louie in the jungle? But I want to be like you. He might be. I want to talk like you. Walk like you. Ooh, While ooh. we're doing this, I'm desperately trying to find solicits. the solicits for the, like two issues from now. And for some reason, I can't find them. I'm trying to find solicits for a later deal where it's like, and Rachel Gooley, he's the back. It has to be him. If it's not, not him. If it's not him, I'm going to be so angry, not because I think it's a neat idea of the swerve that you're trying to like, you are jumping through hoops to try to make us think of something if it's not him. But I think it is. I think that Dam- and Damien has been pretty sympathetic uh, and, and he's been dead. I mean, the idea that, oh, my God, he's back. Grandpa, what can I do for it? He's like, yeah, I need some of your whatever. I need some of the DNAs. My dear child. Maybe he'll, you know, and I, I don't know. Maybe he'll be a man bat forever. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know, Eric. I have no idea. I can't figure it out at all. And I, I'm trying desperately to find a solicit that will at least say that it's not what we, what we say. I don't know. We'll see. But what would you give this at the end? Ultimately, I'd give us a five point eight out of ten. Like the thing is, the art looks fine statically, but telling a story doesn't do it any favors, and the story itself. It's Batman and Robin going, you know, Splitsville in a prison trying to do two things. And Batman keeps yelling hush for whatever reason to a cliffhanger that you and I are coming up with the craziest ideas for. That didn't mean anything to me where you thought it was Ra's al Ghul. I don't know. This, I love Batman and Robin. The title is something that I always think that should be happening in DC Comics because the dynamic duo is one of the greatest things that DC Comics has ever done. So you should always have a book in my mind. But this is not hitting the mark for me whatsoever. And even the, the good stuff that I feel like they did that the father and son aspect, even getting Damien to go to school in issue number one, and then you saw a bit of the school stuff in issue number two. You don't get any of that here, and it's just kind of a a snooze. Yeah, yeah, this is a snooze, but do you lose? I found Constantly. that. Batman and Robin number four, father and son separated. Batman and Robin have been separated. Batman works with White Rabbit to track down the new femme fatale. Shush with her while his son Damien 
hunts down the criminal mastermind who is targeting his father. But Damien won't like who he finds. Don't miss out on the shocking ending. That's for next issue. I think it might sounds more like this. And then you get the next one, Batman and Robin. But separate Batman. Oh, here, get this one. Get the Batman get and this. Robin. Batman works with White Rabbit to track down the new femme fatale judge while his son. It's the exact. Sli- they're not giving the solicit, so something is screwed up. They oh, do something, that when, something, But wait when a minute. Something doesn't want to be revealed. But issue six. Here we go. This is it. Who is Shush? The dynamic duo has proven they can work as Batman and Robin countless times, but now they must work together as Bruce and Damien to stop a deadly killer on a soccer field. It's a different story. Now, the mystery is who is Shush and what they are doing in Gotham continues to grow, but Damien is confronted with a blast from his past that wants him to leave his father and Gotham. His old teacher. That's probably the teacher, but it could also be Rachel Goldman back. In the the cover, it's actually Damien playing soccer, being chased by like 80 ninjas. Pretty cool. It looks like Cristiano Ronaldo because I see him taking a dive, Eric. That is a joke. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But, well, did you give a score before I ended up finding that? I did 5.8 out of 10. Okay. I'm I'm a six. I'm a six. Uh, I I got a kick out of the end talking to you and and driving you nuts saying that it's definitely Rachel Gould. But we'll see. We'll see. if it's not Rachel Ghoul, you found somebody, made them grow facial hair in a crazy way to look like it just as a goof, and I don't get it, but maybe you got to shush has a lot of time on her hands, I guess. I, she can play games. But again, what are we doing all around? They poison the DNA splicer who pot. We don't even know that he legitimately turned the terrible trio completely into animals, so it looks like they are, and that would make sense. Like, nothing's going on. I'm down to a 5.5. I, I okay. can't go six for this. It, there's too many, you know, loose ends that just don't make any sense. So we'll we'll go with that. We're but grasping we'll, at straws. <sighs> I'd want to like it though, because like you said, so a Batman and Robin. But again, I have to reiterate something I said earlier to somebody this week about this book. I think there are worse books this week. I think that Speed Force is infinitely worse than this. But Batman and Robin's an important book. This is this is way bigger and should be way bigger than a speed force or an outsiders. This is a you know a tent pole oh, no. deal. Outsiders. Oh, that was nonsense. But you know, you're saying that that should be bigger with the planetary none. Kind Maybe multiversal stuff. Maybe to some people. I just know that they have a shift ship right now that can traverse the blade. And the last time I looked at the blade, we had the new candle maker out there and the bat woman who laughs hanging out. So And screw it. By the end of this podcast, we're going to have a whole team of the Vigil in that shit. So, I guess. <laughs> the Outsiders versus the Vigil versus Stormwatch. The place to hang out out of nowhere. Sure this is. is the place to be. The bleed, Eric. I don't even like saying it. The bleed. It sounds weird. But what are we doing next, Eric? Green Lantern number five, written by Jeremy Adams with art by Zermonico, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Dave Sharp. And in this one, we have Hal Jordan trying to stop Sinestro from taking control of all of those Kipharis air, you know, aircraft that he has done to stop people. But exactly, the like, unmanned ships with all the alien technology that Sinestro played on them because they're going to go around and incite fear in the populace because Sinestro with his ring not working, being quarantined on Earth because whatever the United Federation of Planets has been doing right now, he needs his ring powered up so he can get the hell off this rock and get back to doing Sinestro stuff since Hal Jordan's not going to help him. And what you get from this, the idea of trying to induce fear on a planetary scale to, you know, get a charge of his ring, it's kind of a cool idea. 
And even the idea of Hal Jordan showing you some cool, badass Green Lantern stuff, it essentially like is. Like Maverick, right? He's Maverick. How, no, no, it's not exactly yeah. like Maverick, because essentially it it's Hal Jordan being Green Lantern and showing you what he can do as what he should be, the greatest Green Lantern he ever lived. Pretty much just pushing his powers to the limit and allowing us to see, mm-hmm. hey, that's some pretty cool Green Lantern stuff right Giving there. Giving a cool speech, right? But that's about it. That is it. Would would you have uh, been better with the idea that Sinestro plays the long game, becomes a producer of movies and like puts out a bunch of horror movies and gets the fear really going, Eric, like that play? Or maybe even he ends up making a music app with Mumblebee and then I, controls I feel like you. that would have been like a, a Scarecrow like story from the 70s or something like Ooh. that. When he goes, Scarecrow's in Hollywood and trying to incite fear through horror. That's what like it feels that. like. But you say that. And we've had points with, say, a scarecrow becoming a yellow lantern. You know, you always have that wow factor like or whatever. The Joker becoming the assistant to the Ayatollah of rock and roll back in the day after he killed Jason Todd. I don't know that I wouldn't have minded. Now, again, it's not really going to fit this book. But all of a sudden, Sinestro goes off to, you know, have a little meeting, a little sit down with the scarecrow. Maybe they could work something out because really all he does is need fear to fuel up. And he doesn't even know if it's going to work. And he doesn't. And, and the play is, is this is desperation. I love Sinestro the way that he almost at points is more over the top and a little less subtle, but like Lex Luthor, who he does think that he's doing kind of the right thing. He does, But he, he really can't think that this is any well, bit good. Well, that's the thing. His name's Sinestro. Yeah. And when he says to Hal, he's like, listen, you should thank me. I, he's like, no, 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 you're bombing the planet. Like, yeah, I see what you're doing. You wouldn't help me. I actually thought there was going to be a play here. That he was going to reveal in a way, but there's no way after what happened is because he ended up there drones. He ended up finagling. Well, remember in the last issue, it was it was all those alien bombs that he planted throughout Central City that he needed ba- like Barry's help for with before. And now it's like, OK, yeah, it just we, they took care around, of that. Right. That and just... now it's time to do my alien tech that I implanted in these in these uh, these aircraft, these jets. I'm going to fly them around with these aliens who are going to put like uh, like pilot them remotely, and I'm going to bomb some shit. Yeah, Fear, I'm going to bomb shit. Fear, and and also I'm going to have a teleprompter here as I go live on the TV to let people know that I, Sinestro, are behind this whole thing, so and they really fear. know that they get the fear up. Fear, baby. The fear. So when all this is going on, like you said, not much actually happens. It's a big pomp and circumstance. You have some shock and awe going on, and you do get to have how step up he's showing off his powers we're five issues in and jeremy adams has gone on twitter and has said hey everybody wait till issue six the stuff that happened on corridor all that stuff what happened with hal and, the and important the stuff that we united planets we're going to reveal some of that stuff and i can only think that this whole series did get a, the, the pacings off especially because of night terrors he ended up having to stop and then they were probably told hey we had the ease back in so that hurt a lot of books it did it hurt the whole line. That's one of the worst things that has happened in a while, the way they did that, not to reset things to go forward. Instead, it happened right in the middle of a bunch of shit or stuff just starting. So in this, you do have that play where Sinestro says to Hal, like, listen, I came to you for... No, you really didn't. And I think that the story could have been a lot cooler to get that weird team up because, in fact, Sinestro keeps hinting the United Planet sucks. They are doing bad things that Hal is not going to like. And I think that he could have went that direction a little more, but he didn't take enough time to do it. I, I wanted Hal Jordan to talk about the idea of his ring, because even though we have the it's, it's the greatest like Hal Jordan enemy, Sinestro. Obviously, everybody knows this who has read any Green Lantern or has even watched a Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, for Christ's sake. But when you have this... They are also frenemies because I wanted them to sit down in that diner and actually discuss things Mentors because Hal is sent and- back here. 
Exactly. How is Sin back here to Earth without a ring? He created his own ring. Sinestro is not able to use that ring much to his chagrin. But even the idea I wanted how to talk about, he's stuck here too because the last time he tried to leave Earth's orbit, his ring turned off. He doesn't know why. He mentions why. it a little here. He does to himself. But I wanted them to discuss this and let's not have Sinestro to go all bomb crazy to get the fears. That's what I'm saying. And even if it was one of those things where Sinestro says, listen, Hal, just settle down for a second. The, the United Planets, this, this, and this, blah, blah, blah. And then Hal says, I don't you care. Yeah, evil Durlin's doing shit back there. If Hal says, okay, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to deal with that. But not with you because you killed, you know, Kilowog. Or you have the idea of him say that. And then Sinestro says, no, no, you killed Kil- Something about Do this. Something. Because both of them are. That thing that happened, it seems to involve Kilowog. Shit went down on Korrigar. At least hint that. And I can't, yeah. At least hint at that to the idea of, I will never be anything to you again for what you did to Kilowog. And then you're like, oh shit. Like that gets you going. Have something like that. But like you said, I mean, you explained it perfectly. I hate to admit it, Eric, but you explained it. Sinestro goes bomb crazy. He just suddenly is like, okay, well, that didn't work for that. Fear. Almost, I didn't try anything and I'm all out of ideas. Bombs. bombs and there you go i mean it's it's wacky at least we didn't i'm telling you most of the time these stories nowadays he would have been like oh i'm gonna affect the social media so they're gonna do this they're gonna do that but you're right thank goodness we i almost have that. i almost get the idea where fear mongering through fake news a lot of people are already like he suddenly realizes you know what i've been asking for your help I don't need help everybody's running scared here you guys sucking even a social commentary on that where everybody's running afraid for what's going on in the world right now. Even if you just want to play in the United States, you could have done something here. It's just, hey, here's some you know jets flying around bombing things, and Hal takes care of it with his ring. Again, I think that the how you get the filter through it is you can come up with a lot of things that we might think are cool, maybe not everybody, but they the editors might be just sitting there and say, okay, but how does Hal use his ring against that? And that's all they're going to end is, up saying. And the thing and is, like again, you get some sucks. cool. You do get some cool stuff, stuff here. Yeah. The idea that he's able to focus his ring through the different spectrum of like ultraviolet and stuff like that. Not like, like you know, not the ultraviolet spectrum that we had during what was that metal or whatever thing with the ultraviolet like. Oh no yeah, to, yeah, the ultraviolet, the purple spectrum. The idea, deal, exactly. Yeah. When you when you're able to go through and find a cloaked ship with your ring, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's and even cool. the idea where he has such mastery and control over his ring that he's able to hear through radar coordinates across the globe. Where he's able to use his construct to go like, you know, he's being told by Carol where this is on radar. And he's able to do that mentally and knowing it's cool. It's showing you how great how Jordan is with his willpower. We've had earlier in the series where some people didn't like right before Night Terrors when it first started with, oh, man, Hal back on Earth. He's kind of a jerk. He's I being love Green Lanterns on Earth. And the idea of him, though, kind of like they thought he digress- he regressed. Oh man, he should be more mature than this. I think that the I whole agree. play that Jeremy Adams wanted to play though is that when he does end up doing any sort of lantern stuff, that's his thing. I mean, here he is fully well, even in the control. Stuff that he was doing he's not goofing with off. Carol. He's very smart. And he's even doing, the stuff yeah. he was doing with Carol in like the first and second issue was very sus kind of stuff. It felt like we got away from that when the interim with Night Terror is jumping in there and I'm happy that we have, but it's just the night chairs ruin the idea Jordan. of the progression. I think that the more mature is that he always does need maybe a Sinestro to go against an enemy. Or even a Barry to talk to, to get his head straight. So needs to do Green Lantern things. Even if he just is on Earth, he does need to do that because, you know, that's where he's competent. That's where, again, his willpower spikes, Eric. You know, it spikes, as they say. 
And then that gives him the, the deal and he feels like he's useful. And I, I like that progression. It kind of got shoved in a weird place with that night tears. Even in night tears, though, he was just kicking ass in that, too. So I'd like to see how kicking ass in this part. I just I just want to know what the hell is going on with the United Planets. They have this pretty much, you know, wall around Earth. You end up where it's quarantine type of deal where they can't get in and out. Sinestro's pissed that he's stuck there, which that's kind of a cool concept, but you haven't been able to develop because we don't really know what's going on with the United Planets. Once we find out, it might even be cooler because in this, Sinestro just feels like, if I have my ring charge, I can just bust the shit out of here and get out. But it feels like more than that. I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out. But overall, well, even like bring up the idea of Night Terrors. Night Terrors did a fantastic job showing you how cool, how Jordan Green Lantern is throughout that two issue run of that whole thing for the Green Lantern like the tie-ins. That was amazing, especially in the second issue. Like it was maybe my book of the week when that came out because of how cool it was. My how favorite Jordan Night was Terrors that. issue. That it was the so actual cool. Night Terror was petrified of Hal when he's like, I'm so going to get you. And like you had to point out, he was using crazy constructs of, you know, horror movie stuff. You know, he yeah. chainsaws and things like that. Really cool. Oh, he evil deaded the hell out of it. Yeah, him. he did. And it was such a but cool play to show that. You have the issue showing you in the real life that the daytime and like you're showing how great how Jordan is through his ring singing, what his ring can do, and even going on TV trying to inspire people to be all courageous and not give in to fear because this is what Sinestro wants. And I'm like, it feels actually less than what happened in a dream, and that feels weird to me. The thing I I think that here's the issue, and and again I'll I'll tie in Nightwing and Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor's Nightwing, you know, if you just look at it surface level, hey, that the hero always wins. It's always pointed out that he's great. He's always inspiring people. But you get to a point where you sit there and say, I I know this. I don't need it. So in this, I think that's the same deal. When you're in the night tears, you're in like an unknown thing there you know the landscape there's so weird we saw everything else go and all of a sudden hal steps up and you're like holy shit it's a reminder of yeah when hal does this thing he does this thing but in the regular book here this feels like if it had tom taylor on the cover people would say oh we already know this about hal oh my god and in the in the play i want to know more about this new ring i want to know what he knows it can do can't do test it out and in this you do see the spectrums that he's looking for the drones but not much more than that in that play of i thought we were going to get a little more different things but it's fine and he ends up where he concentrates and he's going to have two uh constructs go opposite ends of the earth some people one to washington dc one to moscow yeah and i i saw some people like yeah that's a little bit too much but again you you want to elevate your hero but exactly and I, here's the thing why i don't get so mad about this as opposed to say a tom taylor deal with nightwing this series just started, and I have more faith in Jeremy Adams that he has more of a story in mind. But I still, I hope that it doesn't become just a book where he did see some flack of, oh, man, look at how he's immature and he's this. And now it's just he's set in this mode of I want to do because, I mean, you'll know how many times I said it this week already. How many times do I say a book needs to show you how cool the main character is? And this does it. That's why I'm buying the book. We already know. If it's something where a blue beetle, where I would say that I say, well, a lot of people may not know that, so push that, but still good. It's just, I, I want more. I expect more from Jeremy Adams. And I, I'm not a huge Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Re- I know all this, but it's cool to see it. It's cool to see. I just think that the main play is 
you have all these mysteries about what happened on Corridor, what's the United Planets doing, and you want to get to that, and he promised next issue. So, Well, again, the idea of that, what happened on Corridor, what happened to Kilowog, what's going on with the United Federation of Planets, all cool mysteries that I want to get to the bottom of, especially when Hal does confront Sinestro at the end of this issue, and Sinestro says, I came here for help, you imbecile. Something is wrong with the emotional spectrum. You must have felt it by now. After our encounter, you know, his power was gone. This is very intriguing as well. I want to know more about that. But every bit of intrigue is then taken away from me when the idea that the rage that Sinestro is feeling for Hal Jordan, for what has just happened to him, the idea that he's stuck here and how like, you're disappointing him by you know, stopping him from doing what he's doing. His yellow ring then allows him to become a red lantern because he feels the rage. And, and like, why does this look, happen? Look, look. Because he said the emotional spectrum is wacky. Exactly. So it allows that. Like, it's, it's, again, we're talking speed force magic. This is, talking- is, that's why I brought it up when he said it before. And I'm like, you just kind of ruined it because now... Because he's feeling the rage and has powers of a red lantern. I'm like, was his heart just replaced by the red, like, like uh, lava that's inside of a red lantern? He can't find the die? sun like Supergirl. Right? Where's the blood it's just, pool? It's just a lot, of, a lot of <laughs> weird things going on for me to really understand, especially with not having any blue lanterns out and about. I, I actually, and just as an aside, I actually was hoping I know it'd be something that you wouldn't like, but. Not that Hal was becoming a White Lantern, but that ring was a little bit different and could tap into different emotional spectrums I thought might be cool for a little, but... Well, that is cool. It was really cool, though, when when Kyle Rayner did that in The New Guardians. It was amazing. I actually, when I saw this at the end, when I first saw it, I'm like, ooh, what if they tie this into the rage seed that was planted? Maybe you would let... But no, it's it's emotional spectrums. Wacky. it's stupid. I hate, you know, that uh, the Green Lanterns run for all it did because it got so many the things Sam wrong. Humphreys and it just deal. The yeah. Sam Humphreys Green Lanterns with Simon Bass and Jessica Cruz loved it. Those Dual characters together. that they never used there. Exactly. There was, but that Rage Seed was just forgotten completely, never brought up again. I would shit if somebody brought up Rage you, Seed I, out I, of nowhere. At first when I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God. oh, yeah, he said it's wacky. Like, all of a sudden, he he's desperately looking for power. And the rage seed was there. Would have been so cool, right? With uh, with Jeffrey Thorne's Green Lantern series, where the like the the God Storm recreated the emotional spectrum, or not the emotional spectrum, but like the main power battery that we had on Oa. Did it recreate that? Because at that point, a lot of people, because of the God Storm that John Stewart had and Rigvesa, became these different lanterns. And like, is that a part of it? It's Are we funny because back to I, that at all? I would love to say no. That but, but a lot of the other stuff, like the United Planet, like that's a lot of going into that too and also what's going on with john stewart right now in war yeah, journal so there is some crazy stuff that might now again i know that you continuity kid you like to tie all these things together now the rage sheet would be completely crazy and you would be so happy well, nobody remembers the rage sheet the idea of going into jeffrey thorne stuff i think is still wacky because nobody liked that but it works that's what happened and they maintain that deal so was that that's seven years cool. ago that rage seed happened oh, that still rage bothers seed me. was 2016 and it was right at the beginning yeah the rage seed stuff well, was even the idea ridiculous. in that where all of a sudden simon baz had the emerald sight and he foresaw this this power ring core coming to this universe i'm like oh my god that sounds amazing never heard from it again his visions suck i made a joke earlier about the willpower spiking and that was just to dig into you we didn't even say anything about it but that's what that was from also i i was ending up talking to some people this week and i ended up i think it was yeah that we were talking about the idea of that batman and the outsiders and the idea i completely forgot that duke thomas got the not the the light remember he got the the dark dark powers powers. from ishmael (laughs) 
was like, what? And he said that. He I'm changed like, him. Oh, crap. That did happen. What's up with that? There's so many things that get left behind. Some cool, some you realize why they are left behind, but some like that rage scene just was a, a thing that just was completely just pushed aside. Well, even the idea where it's like Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz versus the Red Lanterns with Atrocitus and Bleas and all these other characters that died in the previous Red Lanterns book and Bleas who would never want anything to do with Atrocitus again after the end of the Red, 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 Red Lanterns book. But then it's like, oh no, here's all your favorite Red Lanterns. Like, well, that's bullshit. And then they left a rage seed behind to grow. And it I never believe came the back. Charles Sewell Red Lanterns that book. Nobody talks about that anymore. That it's was good. that was a good book. Now Guy Gardner becoming a Red Lantern was great. Oh yeah, that was really cool. And then he was nude, Eric nude. I say, but it's at weird. the end there, I do like where you do kind of explain why Sinestro got all bomb crazy because the little girl wasn't afraid of him. I can I can relate to that. If I was Sinestro and how much of an asshole I am. If I ended up in this little girl's like laughing at me and pointing, I'd be like, fuck this, I'm done. And he got so riled up. And I thought that was kind of a funny little play to show you what little, I something see that, yeah. that little could end up making sense because he, that, that was it. He's like, I'm done. I, I can't take this anymore and starts bombing shit. But it didn't work. But now he's got. But the emotional spectrum is wonky. And now he has the rage for some reason. Another thing I was thinking about after I read this issue earlier in the week, but. We've never brought, nobody's ever brought up again because I think it was during, no, what, when, when I, event something did, we uh, haven't brought up a lot is how much I love you, Eric. I just wanted to say. Oh. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Maybe I'll say it back one day. No, never. But when you have this, when Jeff Kyle Rayner was, was the White Lantern and then replenished the, the emotional spectrum reservoir with all the different, like, entities of the different, like, you know, uh, spectrums, you know, stuff like that. That was beyond the source wall, which was then destroyed after Perpetua was released. So do we still have a reservoir out there? And what's up with the different entities I that were punished the reservoir previously? I just remember all those White Lantern previously? rings flying off to find hosts. Well, the other thing is, we, we split the White Lan- Lan- Lantern ring into a bunch of different things because that had the secret code to unlock the life equation, which was too much for one person. So we're going to make the White Lantern core out there that never came back either. Because then Kyle Rayner, as the White Lantern, went back to Elwood and they're like, hey, you got that special there ring. How about you use your power to try to recreate the Blue Lantern Corps? Because we could really use some of them guys. Okay. We need the oh, Blue Lanterns work. back. And, and, and my White Lantern ring broke. So, okay, well, here's a Green Lantern. You're back to basics, Kyle. Is that that big, like, you know, that big elephant guy? Like, he was in that as well, <laughs> oh, right? Dead. Wasn't he one of mine? No, but bring them all back. I, I love them. Uh, but, yeah, we need we need the whole spectrum again and we need to have things What's going Garfield's on What's up to I, he's probably grabbing shit and saying mine i mean that's yeah. really what he does very good uh even then i if, there's so many great mine he ended up where a lot of things like wouldn't make sense can't, quite, can't argue. but out of nowhere if hey i'm here to save you and hal turns around it's white lantern kyle i don't even need an explanation i feel like that is awesome but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's, what happened in Corridor. I'm very interested in that. But this so issue, like you said, it, it's cool. It makes Hal a badass. It's okay. It, it plays off. I'm saying it, it's cool in that sense, but there's not really much story. It feels like a filler issue before you get to all the big things. You have to set up this crazy deal to get to these big things. And so I'm waiting for that. But you do have a backup. Our Sinister Sons prologue here, written by Peter J. Tomasi with R5, David LaFuente, Tom Raban Villan, and Rob Lee. We continue the journey of young Korg, who is pretty much being taken in by a swindler who's going to feed the kids as long as they steal good stuff from him, like we saw in the previous issue. And what you get out of this little installment is 
more of what you had in the previous issue. When I say more, not like more story, pretty much the exact same thing in a different (laughs) circumstance. This is just, I think, to get the feel of, okay, this is kind of cool. I don't really like the character of Korg. I think, first off, he's... What am I Korg yet? I think he's ridiculously stupid. When they're like, hey, you know, like, they have to set up, you know why I called you Korg? Hey, you know why I called you Korg? I have no idea. It's because of Korg, are you stupid idiot? So then you go, but there's nothing really to this. I still think that overall, he fights with the person that gives him food, like he did in the previous issue, and that's about it. It's okay. I I can't say that I'm looking forward to the Sinister Sons book. I want to understand the Sinister Sons book because, in my mind, if you're doing a Sinister Sons book, it should be you know a counter to the Super Sons story that we have going on back in the day. Because you would want to have you know the Super I know. Sons versus you said the Sinister that. I, Sons. I actually had to you know tell you. Well, actually, exactly. Eric, well, in the deal because. You would think you're that. gonna have Korg team up with Lord Zod, the son of General Zod, and it's gonna be a weird situation because where I thought the idea, okay, you're gonna have Lord Zod, who looks like he's been DH for the Sinister Sons book, go up against the Super Sons because you're 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 gonna want to have you know John Kent as a kid teamed up with Robin, the Super Sons, who are people love. So you have this, but and it also makes sense that way because Lord Zod died in the last Suicide Squad book we had, so it doesn't make sense for Lord Zod to be here. I either. got just so back in the day. Well, we could now. Back the thing the is. I'm one of the people, I'll argue, everybody in the Slack knows this, that I will argue about the Super Sons book that I thought that the characters were great, fell in love with them. But the stories, me and you, we, we reviewed each issue. You had, you know, what's it called? Now I can't even, Kid Amazo. You know, yeah. was what he started. Then he came back. He was so bad that he had, that was nonsense. Then when you even continue, you ended up having Rex Luthor and the, you know, crazy version of the... I was going to say his Legion, but what do yeah, you call it, though? I guess it was like... The, the Legion of Boom? I forget. Yeah, that That's the defense uh, for Seattle. You end up where all that, though, <laughs> is these characters at Korg, he feels like he's just right out of that. I mean, it really feels... Because I think we did even have a young Sinestro oh, sure on that, that they had. So it ends up feeling like, yeah, I don't think... Like, the idea of getting Peter J. Tomasi doing something cool, right? But... This isn't like, and what I I remember what I wanted to get to. I fell in love with the characters of Damien and John because they're Damien and John. I already love Damien yeah. John. I don't know that I care about Korg, right? Like the idea that Korg doesn't equal out in my love of Damien or John, and I don't think ever will. And I think it's just going to be a mini that maybe some people have fun with that were fans of Super Sons. But the big thing, it, it's not Super Sons. So I think that Sinister you're already sons. you're watering it down to try to get the, like you're trying to get lightning on bottle again. I don't think you'll get it. The worst part for me is you're bringing back War Zod, which I was hinging a story that I was personally writing, which has no no thing that deal with anything that we're ever going to deal with because like I'll be able to write a story for DC Comics, but a big event story, the Phantom War, where General Zod would be pissed about the death of his son on planet Earth with all those hairless apes who aren't Kryptonians, and he would start this gigantic war. It really hinged on Orzad being dead. And if he's back here, like no explanation, you're ruining it for me personally. I don't I don't necessarily think that Korg is Sinestro's son. I think no, that I don't that's think so kind either. of the place. So maybe we'll get a weird Orzad that it's not really. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play it. We'll have to see when it Neither comes out. But it feels like a book that's kind of unnecessary before it even comes out. These backups don't get me that excited for it. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art is fine in the Green Lantern book overall. It's just, with how just going around doing ring slinger stuff with nothing that really feels like it has any real stakes for what he's doing with it, you're showing off some powers, but 
the stuff that you get to see, it's just exaggerated things that you expect them to see. Yeah, it's cool to a degree, but it doesn't feel like it should play out for an entire issue. And by the end, when Sinestro, just because of the emotional spectrum is wonky, just becomes a red lantern, it seems like, because of this rage, it just leaves me wanting more. And the backup is just, like I said, more of the same what we had last issue, which isn't bad. It's just the same thing we had last issue. So five out of ten, just a straight five. I, I think I'm a six. Um, when, when I go through it, like, when I start thinking about Sinestro, is he going to be able to then shift it? Are they going to do a lot with the rage, or is it going to be one of those, well, I had the rage, which powered up my well, ring, is- but now it went wonky back to the yellow. Boom, I'm out of here. I, well, I even the idea of, like, you know, the, like nobody's charging a ring. He's trying to charge it through convoluted means by getting people on the planet Earth scared to do that. But, oh, no, no, I can just charge up because of my rage, obviously, even though it's not a red lantern ring. It's just, I need to know what the emotional spectrum being wonky actually means. Like, he's got to get to a blood pool, bitch. He's got to start doing some crazy well, shit, He's not right? crazy. Maybe he is. I don't know. Blood pool. He's there. That'd be hilarious. Next issue, he's just, like, bathing in a jacuzzi of blood. They used to have a lot of parties around that blood pool when they'd go back there. That's yeah, the main feature of the place. Guys. Good times there. I'm, I remember Blee getting just like, just shade thrown at her. Compl- like so much of that blood pool. She didn't like it. Man. It was a bad place for her. But all in all, yeah, I'm going to go six. I like the art a lot. And it's I fine, do yeah. like, and I've been bitching at books that aren't giving you, hey, look at my character, badass. But that's what you, you brought it up. That's what I actually said was so cool about the Night Terrors issue where, oh, man, showing how cool he is. Now, let's go. We got to get moving on. Hopefully what Jeremy Adams promises us next issue, that's where it's at. So we'll get to that. But that's that well, for the first it. section of books. We're going to move on for a little break, and then we'll be back with three other books that will wow and amaze everyone, including Eric Shea, I hope. But we'll right. be back with that in just a moment. are back eric we have uh three books as i said just a moment ago i like first, that song <laughs> it brings up some bad memories doesn't it <laughs> at the end just you call me an here. asshole well now i said that you know dc thinks we're assholes i'm happy with you you're vain eric must be racial goal reborn it's racial goal reborn eric. i can't believe it but yeah you're not an asshole i said that i'm um you are kind of but i said that i'm glad that you're back 
there you what go. What about Thalamus Engine Reborn? Oh, that's I couldn't remember what it was. We'll get to that <laughs> a little bit later. This is when we ended up as we were starting up the deal, and I was like muttering to myself about getting things. I actually forgot that I even said anything. So I got Rachel Gould. Thalamus Engine. Re- what, what did you just say, Eric? I mean, what you really wanted me to say with wrong turn is must be. Thalamus engine reborn. Is that what you're saying, Eric? Is that that's what, what I'm saying. you're telling me? That that's what you're saying. Like if I actually Man, that's what I'm saying. Damn. that going right now, you would be happy about it. Just give me a second, Eric. But we're here to talk three books. We, we don't have to worry about wrong turn and any sort of thalamus engine reborn, is what you say. But with all of that, here we are. Here we are. I hope that everybody's enjoying. Their time spent with us now. I was. And, oh, my. Really? Were you really enjoying it, or were you more even mad that I ended up calling you an asshole, Eric? Was, was that really mad. something that you got mad about? Was it, no, was it really? No, I got over it. Oh, you did. Must be Thalamus and Jim Rayborn. Is oh, that did it. So he good. did it. See, that is, like, right in, you know, state of the art. But here we go, and we're going to start with... People are like, why are they doing this? Most, I wouldn't know why we're doing this, honestly. But most but. people, actually, you brought up the Thalamus engine. I forgot about it. But most people don't even remember. Wrong turn. R.I.P. Eric, from the grave. <gasps> the voice of an angel. The voice of an angel. He's a Dracula. We're going to start with the vigil. The vigil number six, Eric. Do you realize finale. this is the finale I do. of the vigil? Did it feel like a finale? Or did it feel no. like we led to this finale? Did you? feel like by the end, it was telling the same story that we started with. Ram V, you can't tie that guy down. He's a wild horse that cannot be tamed. Eric, I like to call him wildfire, is what I call Ram V, because you cannot tame the guy. He'll do what he does, and he's just Ram V being Ram V. Here we go, the vigil number six, written by Wildfire Ram V. Art by Devmala. Pramanik, Norm Ratman, Rain Barreto, and Dave Sharp. And what we get in this issue is what I like to call the vigil disbanded. A two-minute drill at the end of the game where you realize, oh shit, we've been sitting on our hands this whole time, but we could still possibly win the game. And that's what he tries to do. I don't know that he does it, but at least in that, you might live to see another day at the end through the bleed. But in this whole play, we started out, and I just want to start this whole thing out by giving people, and you, Eric, the series announcement for The Vigil and okay. what they said this was about. The Vigil is Arclight, Saya, Dodge, and Castle, a group of individuals given powers they that didn't dynamo? want. Determined, though, to stop metahuman research and tech, create it for military applications at any cost. Along the way, they'll encounter superheroes that could be allies or enemies. Not a surprise for a group that exists to shut down state-sponsored superhumans and clean up the mess before any hero or villain arrives. Nino. As if both the crime and the vigil were never there. Well, what I get at the end of this is I don't know if they were there for any of that, and I don't know why I was here. We liked the book at the beginning. It seemed intriguing. The characters were kind of cool, but it was going nowhere. Slow, as we say. Then you get to, say, last issue, and you realize, wait a minute, we never really did introduce the the villain, Hap, 
everything was in that uh, weird. Feistus? Yeah, everything. Yeah, Feist, the name Feistus changed at one point. Yeah, me and you talked about it where it was Festus, then it went to Feistus, whatever. But but he was locked inside of a, a Cthulhu world for a while until he broke out. But Dr. Sankaran could also go there and astral project himself. But along their research, they realized they could also use their power to create people like the Vigil, because that's what Dr. Sankaran did. And once the Vigil discovered they were all figments of Dr. Sankaran's imagination to be the people that he needed them to be to do the things that he needed them to do, they're like, we ain't doing this shit no more, you goddamn maniac. We ain't your puppets. But the thing is, one of the people that Dr. St. Karin created was Castle, one of the smartest people there is, who was a brilliant tactician, who was the brains behind the team. He realized through all these different things with Dr. Feistus Hep coming for all of them, that he could round them back up and save the day and stop that. He actually realized that Festus or Feistus Hep was the one who created Castle, that that was the one that Dr. St. Karin didn't actually create. That was the big play that he was created actually by Festus or Feistus. I'm, Feistus I'm gonna get cut. So that was the play of you didn't create me. Hep did. I'm, I'm glad they went with Hep for a while. Even that, though, they, like he's a Hep cat. He is. But you end up where, remember, at the beginning of the series, they were kind of checking things out. They were going. Yeah. And you thought this was a cool play against, say, Stormwatch with exactly. all of that. Maybe even they Doom were Patrol, taking I things said. out of people's hands who don't need this technology because it's dangerous. While Stormwatch was going against people with technology and taking that technology for themselves. You know, Stormwatch, that's the one thing that was kind of in the uh, Brave and the Bold. But the idea of the Doom Patrol, because this was something that people would say was, hey, it's the Indian Doom Patrol, and it kind of works. But when you end up the Doom Patrol, they were going after the Lazarus Ray. That kind of got pushed aside. Like, why are we getting a lot of these stories where even with a set amount of issues, you don't even know that they realized what story they were telling yeah. by the end. It's it's very odd. And and Ram V realized he could get away with it with Swamp Thing, so he's going to do nothing else. He has been in that mode, and now he's exclusive. Maybe he did think, well, I can continue this. Now, by the end, he has even gone on Twitter and to said that he, they will continue. The problem I have is whether or not that's the case, because I don't see any sort of stats that tell me that this is selling. But by the end of the six issues, we're back to that play that I say, and I mentioned it during the Green Lantern in the last section, but the play of, all right, what do you do? You did, you, I guess you kind of show me the team's kind of cool, but not in a way that is good, because by the end, I don't even know what's going on. Nobody is going to sit there six months from now and say, man, I can't wait to see Arclight again. I barely could remember the, the characters as we're going. I love Arclight, but I always have to remind myself every issue. Okay, that's Arclight, that's Cancel, that's Dodge. Finally, I am kind of getting the names down, but I'm not going to tell you that they're really that excited. You have Nia Saha, who's kind of the handler of the group, but you also have the, the, Say, the, the meta, yeah. you have Saya, who's like the metamorpho, not the metamorpho, but like the shapeshifter of it. And it's like, and also in this, you have Saya and Saha working together to overcome Hep's freaking stormtroopers. So you have them both in the same room, like, stop doing that, please. Saya, Saha, Sankaran. Yep. I mean, is this something that is, hey, Arzen Asmer? I mean, this guy likes to throw these names out there. He likes that, but you got to have it a point where you realize Seiya and Saha are uh, too easy sound, right? Did you remember anything about Dynamo who showed up this issue? Because this seems like a new character to me that I don't recall ever I seeing did. before. I did remember Dynamo only because I made a big deal. It was the issue that you weren't around with because that's the guy that they went and grabbed. Uh -huh. And he was, I thought he was dead. 
I thought they okay. killed him. And then they end up kind of going around with them. So, yeah. And so yeah, I need that now. You <laughs> end up where all of that going on, though, is I thought he was dead, but he doesn't really do anything here. That's anyway, fine. He's and that's dead. the problem. He's yeah, dead here. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was already, but then he is here. He's a powerhouse who takes out some Jeeps and stuff like that and gets killed. Dynamo, we hardly knew ye. We had six issues. You meandered about. You all. end up having like, hey, I want to show you the background of this character. I want to do this with that. One of the things, though, that we had right at the beginning, and we didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, my God, look at that sniper with that black shit coming out of his eyes. What's going on with that? Suddenly, he becomes big in the end. We barely knew him, Mr. Wall. He becomes the big thing here. I don't even understand what Mr. Wall is. He is a creation like the rest of them who has a meta power thing that he has a gun that he shoots black through that erases you, disappears you, makes you pretty much disintegrate in front of like everybody. But we didn't, it didn't seem like we had that we previously, I thought. Well, that's the thing is, did he have this power when he attacked Saha's, like, you know, like protege who she replaced? Because I, I thought he remember. was there dead on the shitter. Well, he was in the shitter, but it was also that he was shooting somebody from across the building at one point. But anyway, again, the, he the has this human power. Here, Mr. Wall, is the gun something else or does he manifest this gun to use his power? <laughs> is it a part of his power or is it something he needs to use to use his power? Like, it's like Mr. a Wall. conduit that gets to it. And, like I a don't green lantern ring. Something. Is that what it is? I don't know. What this ends up doing, though, is, uh, to me, you end up with almost like that play of, oh, my God, like almost like an Ocean's Eleven in a way where, oh, my God, this happened. Now you get the music going and you're going to end up explaining, well, you thought you were doing this. But while that, but when it's, it's done, cool. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Half these things are like. Well, this guy did this, and that. we don't know well, the these people is, enough to do it. We don't know their power sets or know the people enough to actually get behind it in my mind. I, I had no Feistus idea. Hep, his assassin, Mr. Wall, and their stormtroopers coming after the individual members of the vigil who have now disbanded because they don't want to think that they're so, a part of somebody's imagination, essentially. They're Which gone we off. just found out. Exactly. But now they're being targeted. But Castle has set things up in motion, and he also thinks that like he knows a way to get the team back together again by them overcoming the like you know these these forces that are coming against them. And he has this whole thing planned out as a tactician. Castle's a cool little character because he's explaining to us it's everything's cool, going but- on, and that when we see the characters who are able to overcome and come back together because they need to out of like you know sheer survival. It, it is cool because Castle's like, I know you'd come back. Shut the hell up, Castle. That, that's a little fun little nod there where it's all rav- unravels together to show you why these things are happening and how our characters the are able to overcome. The problem I have, though, from everything that we read to this, you get to a point where what he's saying hinges so much on us knowing the characters more than just the idea that we just found out that they were made up or this and that and their powers and all that, where he's going like, you're supposed to get that play of, oh man, of course Arclight did that. Oh yeah, of course. See that. the thing with I'm Arclight, with I it. get. I get it's it with okay. Arclight because of the electrical powers and how he like you know takes his powers from things, even though he should be depowered. But there's a third rail situation to power up from a subway train. I get that that works. The idea it's very subtle. I I wish it was a little bit more detailed. The idea that the shapeshifter we have, Saya. They were able to go around as Nia Saha for an entire day, see the life that she lives and stuff like that. Because to, they were checking up on her. To make sure that she's trustworthy and, mm-hmm. she, and she should be a part of the team. This was a good little thing that we had previously to the point where because of what Saya has like, you know, seen through the life of Saha, 
He's making sure that she's okay and like, you know, shows up there to work. It's very subtle. I think it works pretty well, though. I just wish it would have been explored a little I'll bit just, more. I'll just let you know the couple things, like you said, with Arclight, you end up where I gave him the picture of his kid. Again, we kind of knew stuff about that, but I never had a connection that I said, oh, my God, he definitely would do that because of that picture. Then you go with the idea because he works through electricity, he would know that the electric train wouldn't be late and and like you're already starting to go too far because i don't really know these characters as well as you might think i do it makes sense the electric guy he knows the electric train all right well with the saya stuff and saha it just made me laugh because it almost hinges on the idea well you don't get this saya was already like pretending because looks like there as uh, you know, Saya is yes. there as Saha Say as well. There's a decoy, yeah. But you don't. There's there's no need for a decoy. They come in and see. Say, it could be anybody that's in that closet that comes out and shoots. You don't have to end up looking like Saya. He's just there in the shadows and kills these people. And it didn't play out as well for me. I get the idea that he cares about her because he followed her. But even then, you were doing that in an underhanded way to see if she was on the up and up. I never really enough. There wasn't enough. Real estate here for me to say that no, they were again, really good I friends. I wish there was more, but I like the way that it played out. But I think it could have played out better if we got more. I could have jumped out and shot them just the same as somebody that looks like it. It's just kind but of this there gives to say a uh, purpose to be there because of the connection that he felt well, with. No, the, the connections life. there as well, but it doesn't have to really look like her. I'm saying you're trying to push the powers as some sort of deal. It wasn't really a decoy. I jumped out of the shadows and shot him. Fine. You end up even having like a Kill Bill look. At the end where they're looking down. But then oh, you yeah. get the arc light, who I think is the coolest. But then you're like, you're really starting Arclight to. Arc light is the coolest. You're retroactively, though, and not even retro. It feels like retroactively of, okay, now I'm going to explain all these things after having five issues of not really any story whatsoever, especially story that was at one point, we're going to get tech. We didn't know who Hep was. He was kind of there at one point. We saw that at one point Dr. Sankarn would go nude and go into the dimension. That had to Weird. be explained later. The pacing of this whole series was off, and you never really got a footing because you kept being told out of nowhere, hey, by the way, this is what it is. Boom, we get to the next issue. Oh, this is what. Never really a progression that I thought was natural. Well, even the idea, but by the end, because we do have Dodge, who's still at the facility, but the idea that we learned recently that Dodge, who is a pseudo-speedster, she has the ability to vibrate, but also it's, it's not exactly speed because she does have the ability to be two places at once for how she shifts. But then you essentially kind of make her into a shift ship by the end of this for them to like disappear into the bleed by the using the vibrations of Dodge's power. This is a, this is a weird series. And so here, I'll, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And it's, it's not anything crazy, but by the end of this, when you get done the last page, do you think that you kind of have a little bit of a grip on the character? Because bit, I do, yeah. right? I do. But do you think in these six issues we got a story with these? I don't feel that way. No, I, they, they were little vignettes here and there to like, hey, your figments of imagination, and now all shit's here for the final issue, shift ship. And <laughs> it's like it's like what people complain about with events. Oh, it didn't have a beginning, middle, end. You were just setting up the next thing. An event's something to... This is a book that I and we've had this a lot to, lately. Yeah, and and it's weird, but in a miniseries, it's so weird to have it. Like by the end, it felt like all he wanted to do was say, "Hey, this character does that. 
Same thing happened with Doom Patrol. You know, yeah. And that's why I brought it up before. Doom Patrol did. And, but yet, I will tell you, I have more of a grip on these characters than I did the Doom Patrol, even the ones Poor that were well established. Yeah, those things. I mean, remember, at the end of that, it was basically, hey, we're going to go and get arrested. And if you need us, <laughs> at least these characters are together. They go, you end up having that play where, oh man, Castle, look at that little guy. He's pretty smart. All right. We end up arc like, okay, electrical powers. I got it. You get Saya can end up, you know, shape shifting different. I know the character. Technological so I mask. I give him credit for all of that stuff. And now we find out out of nowhere, Dodge, Dinah, she can kind of ship it that can put him in the bleed. Okay, that sets him up to maybe get involved with, say, a Stormwatch or a planetary or outside. That's fine. Outsiders, but, yeah. yeah. By the end, when I sit there, I'm like, but I spent six issues trying to figure you want to be out right a now. story it is. And so in all of this, I'm and like. And again, in, in the Outsiders, in this, and in the Unstoppable Doom Patrol. And Doom Patrol, yeah. So when you have this deal, I just feel like somehow that I've been duped, that there was never a story. No, and then what you, but you were only here to learn about characters that will be. In something else. And so by the end, that really pisses me off at points. I Just really like think how they showed up in Detective Comics. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. When, until I read this issue, and this was where Ram V a couple weeks ago was saying, oh, they're going to show up. I, I made a joke. I think I said it to you. They're just going to show up in Detective Comics in a panel. Or they're going to end up in this in a side deal. But no, I, I think that they may continue. And when they do... I may actually appreciate this series just for the fact that I do know the character. I do like you them must, enough. Whatever's coming up, again, we talked about this, I think, on the spotlight. I'm not sure if that's the case or it was even last week. But whatever's coming, this, the end of the dawn of DC, whatever big evil, it seems like a Brainiac thing, but there's something else going on. A Brainiac and a multiversal on. Amanda Waller, it seems like it's yeah, all that of seems it. Yeah, like, that seems like the whole big thing. But somewhere in there, you have the Batwoman who laughs and the new Candlemaker stuck in the bleed. You now have, you know, that happened in Unstoppable Doom Patrol. And then you have the um, the Outsiders with their carrier, their shift ship, that's going to explore the Blade in the multiverse. It's a good way to get those characters out there and maybe start a new big bad army, whatever you're going to do. And now you have the Vigil. So if you have that storyline going down, whether it's a mini event, a big event, I don't know. But you can at least have them show up for at least a tie-in where they're involved because they have the means to do whatever they need to do with the Blade. Or get those villains out. Like, say it's like Brainiac Attacks. The bleed. That'll be that side deal where they're going and trying to get these nonsense things and stuff. But and and really, if it's the Unstoppable Doom Patrol by Dennis Culver, what little I can't really judge a lot of the Lansing and Kelly uh, outsiders. No, yeah, no, yeah. With the, I like I like the Vigil team more. I actually am interested because they're all new characters. I think that they're pretty cool. They're they're unique. They're all right. So I'm I'm there, but because again, what, what I don't understand their lives because they are just creations of Doctor Sankara, and what what does that mean ultimately, and how long have they actually real. been there? He made them real, but like, have they were they born and they lived their entire lives, or were they just uh, like like created as adults and they just had their memories implanted with the powers they needed to do whatever Doctor Sankara needed to fight? I fight think to that step? the answer is yes. Uh, so at the at the end of this though. This is where I, I think that going forward, because my score is not going to be great for this last issue, because it really does seem like a kick in the balls that we were just led where you could have had. Oh, it's very disappointing. You, know, you could have had like a three page dossier, and I, I probably would have known just as much about it. But we got some personal little deal. But there are things that mean you bring up. We brought up the rage seed earlier, but things like the the rookie 
you know, not everybody loved him. We didn't Rookie love suit? when when yeah, when we ended up Jim Gordon when he was Batman. Didn't love it when it was happening. But as time goes on, we actually appreciate that we read the story because it keeps coming up. So when I see well, the rookie, the rookie was the most fun that happened out of that because you know, super it still heavy kind of ridiculous. Sucked. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So when we go through this and the vigil come up again, I'm not going to say, oh, that those assholes. Like I was so mad how that thing ended. I'm actually going to be kind of cool with it when we get to it. But for an actual series here, as a mini series, Ram V, he's wildfire. He can't be tamed, Eric. And you give the guy six issues, he doesn't give a shit. Now in that. You kind of get a play where you can imagine, and we like to imagine the bullpen. We like to imagine a big DC building, and they're there fighting it out in the, you know, the lunchroom and things like that, where we always make jokes. I can picture Ram V going, okay, well, I really don't just have six issues, right? Like, hey, you know, that's the joke, right, guys? Huh? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And they're like, no, 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 you have six. You're so funny. I mean, what do I have? Like eight? Do I have you nine? Just crack me up. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, no, no, you have six. And like, listen, like, I'm exclusive, and you gave Dennis Colbert. I'm like, I don't get what extra. No, no, six issues. And he's like, oh shit. And then he ran, like, hightailed it back to his office to then, like, oh crap, how am I going to do this? Because it feels like it snuck up on him. And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay. And by this point, just like Swamp Thing. And this point, he realized I'm not going to be able to tell a full story. So instead, I'll just set up the team because they've also to promised me that we'll get it later. And that isn't a way to do things. This was, at one point, what I thought was a real promising series that I really was getting into. And I'm not a huge Ram V fan. By the end, I'm like, no, no, you just fucked around again. You did nothing. You didn't, you know, pretty much did nothing. Did they promise us that the Xanthi was going to come back from Spirit World? Yeah, I, no, I don't. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. This is uh, again. We'll see how City Boy ends, but even that has gotten a little wonky with all of these. But here we are. The Vigil. What would you give this? The thing is, it's not a strong ending because it's not ending. It's starting something new. It's just a very it's something that always disappoints me when you have like you know six issues to tell a story and you're like, no, no, we're not doing that. But the way things turned out here with Castle explaining things, seeing the twists and turns of how the team are going to come back together. I found myself enjoying that. I found myself enjoying the art shown throughout here. It's not the strongest art by any means, but it's, you know, the the vigil's art so far. I like it for the most part. This did not upset me until the idea that you're not telling a full story. This is no conclusion. This is just the beginning. So I'm going to give it a 6.3 out of 10 because I found myself having fun with characters I don't really care about, but I still think they're kind of cool. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think I'm a four. I'll just go uh, a five. Just not any sort of five, just a regular five. I'm even looking. It's like the idea where you're like, you'd start with the softest target. Nia saw like you're already pushing things that never did really. I badass. And he's like, not really part of the team. I'm like, I thought she was part of. The, I know she's not a healer, but I she just part she, of the. Team. She just started two she's weeks like ago. She, but she's still. But they were. I don't even know if they were made to. Just again. And then just like the idea of Arclight. Oh, and then there's Arclight. I gave him his daughter's photo to remind him of the reason he began doing this. He does tend to be pig-headed. I don't know that. Sure like, does. Again, you're saying these things. is like, El oh, man. Nino. And I'm supposed to be sitting there and going, you are right. I am El Nino. Like, I'm going to sit there. I'm like, oh, man, he nailed Arclight. But Wait, maybe, I mean, he nailed right Arclight. in this trade, it will all come together very seamlessly. M- maybe. It's just weird because they're like, I hacked into the Indian Railway scheduling system and delayed his train. You'd cut the power to the station first. The obvious sure now would. we're playing the diehard 
playing by the book deal. And like, he would know that. He says something Arclight would know that Arclight's like, I'm like, well, I didn't know that. I mean, here's the thing. I am where my power is pretty much flatulence. But again, I don't, I'm not a biologist. I don't know anything about that. I just know that I fart a lot, Eric. It doesn't mean that I'm smart in that area. I just do it. And I'm telling you, if I ended up having. If you needed to use your power, what foods to eat to give you that power, though, right? Everything. Again, I I tell you right now that I could eat something. I could eat an Egg McMuffin right now, and I could fart in 30 seconds, and it would smell like an Egg McMuffin. You say that that's impossible. I'm the one doing the oh, farting. Shit, yeah. No, but even then, like, I'm t- if you got electrical powers, there's no way in hell you'd know anything more about electric. You just go around you zapping You could probably people. feel it. You would never do, but it says that he would know that if it was delayed and they cut the power, that that's what they would. I'm not arguing the fact. It just, when I read it, it just felt like you're just telling me things that I don't really sit there and say, oh, yeah, like this is supposed Thank to be you, one Castle. of those. Uh, you did your job. It's a surprise to the wall, but it, it seems more of a surprise to me. Mr. Wall? Like, Mr. Wall. Mr. Wall's there and like, you would think this. I'm like, I'm with Mr. Wall here. I, and I again, I don't even know what the fuck he's doing. But he just got thrown in there. Pep, I can barely get my mind around. It's so wacky. Uh, but by the end, I know the vigil. And I will look forward to seeing them again. Because I think that they could be kind of a cool play. And would really it could be, cool. be a fun back and forth with, say, Vigil versus Stormwatch. Hanging out with Arclight. Like, who then? Like, you know, all of a sudden, he like zaps him and gives him energy. I am Cliff. I'm the robot man. Is that what he said? You, you should have saw me classic movie. robot man. You should have saw me mo- Well, just as much as I know classic Arclight. So I, I was moving my arms like a robot there, too. So I love Cliff. Do I, not you compare know robot man to Arclight. <laughs> you know what I love about Cliff? Is it that he's a robot man? Or is he he's, he's the most he's the most human of us all? Sixty years of history to a guy that's been around for six months. <laughs> the robot man might be made of steel. But he's all heart. That's why I like so the robot man. He's such a caring guy. We, we, me and Gray just did issue number twenty six of the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, yeah, and in that Dorothy he stuff, was right? just so. It was Dorothy the issue before. Then they came back and actually mentioned, "Hey, Joshua, I heard you and Dorothy had a crazy time." And like, and hey, how are you, Dorothy? And Dorothy like jumps up in the air behind Cliff and like, "I'm fine." And it, it just made me smile. I'm like, "This is great. so good." And then Cliff's like, thank God. And I thought, you know what? Cliff comes back from all the shit with Red Jack that happened to him and uh, and Crazy Jane. But he was still more concerned about Dorothy. He's like, how are you doing, little girl? I like that. I like that. Just like Arclight. He was worried Hex about. and it. violence. <laughs> Fuck that. He ended up where he's worried about his daughter. Just like a robot I man. Am I am the Arclight. Zap, Their zap. daughter. Zap, zap. I should get that from Bart. Should cool, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm a five, but we'll move on to the next book. And next book that I, I guess you know, it's okay. It's just Start that it's one of those plays when you a get golden a golden age adventure, a hidden years of Wesley Dodds the Sandman. <laughs> well, and I read it, and it's yet another thing where I'm like, okay, I get it, but I don't really care. I, I just don't care about the character. I I see that it's written okay, but it just you it's don't not care about the mad gasser. The antithesis to what Wesley Dodds' the Sandman is? Well, not the mad gasser. Isn't that what they <laughs> called you in college? I, I, think it, I think it might have been. 
the Mad Gasser. That's actually what they call me after an Egg McMuffin. <laughs> said they call me Stay Out of My Room. 30 seconds with the, the Egg McMuffin and you got the fucking Gasser. Give me the credit. <laughs> Wesley Dodd, Sam Man, number two, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Raul Rosmo, Ivan Placencia, and Tom Napolitano. And as I was saying, the idea when the last issue we had, Wesley Dodd's home burned down. Before the house was set on fire and burned down, we had some random thief who broke in, who found the secret lair of Sandman, and not only his secret lair, but the secret journal that he kept of all the deadly chemicals and gases that he created, trying to create the perfect knockout gas so he could become the Sandman. And we find out in this, they also took, you know, a gas mask as well, where they will use this deadly chemical, yeah, a gun and a gas mask, but they will go off at some point and become what I'm calling the Mad Gasser. I like that you call it the Mad Gasser. I still, at one point, Wesley starts thinking, he's like, listen, you know, I, I ended up going the to the government, gasser. and it's like an epiphany. He's like, I think that maybe, deep down, I really don't want to kill people. I think I might be what they call a pacifist. I still yeah. go with the idea that if I'm the general, right, and I'm sitting there, one arm, right, didn't you? Yeah. The idea, sure like, hey, we have a sleep gas. I'm immediately like, oh, you mean that non-lethal thing that afterwards I shoot everybody in the head while they're sleeping? I will take that sleep gas. Thank you, Wesley Dodds. I might not tell him that, but I'm taking that. The idea that he's like, oh, these deadly things, unlike my sleep gas, I'm like, that could be pretty deadly. I don't know. But the whole play of this, of the burned down house, we know that the big play is, oh my God, somebody's got my journal. You start to kind of meander a bit in this. And in a story like this where I really don't have much of a connection, I'm being completely honest. I don't really care about Wesley Dodds, the Sandman. I've read some of the Sandman mystery. Theory. It's fine, but the character itself is not anything that I really do care about. And in the whole play of things, I can't say that at this point, I think that I need to. Like, you have that JSA book. But that's ending at issue 12. I don't know if they're going to do anything more because Jeff Johns is going off to do his ghost thing or whatever his imprint is over at Image tied in with that. So I don't even know if it's going to continue. So when I end up having a book like this, I'm like, do I really need to care? And in this one, you meander and like, OK, we're going to do some detective work. That's kind of cool. But it's it starts to be a slog in my mind. For the most part, with these like these three books that are coming out, besides for like Jay Garrick, The Flash, which is dealing with stuff from the past in a present day sense, you know, Alan that Scott, feels Green like Lantern, that could end up as something though, right? No, no, that, no, that, that one yeah. has the most promise because of yeah. all the stuff that's been built into it. When the Alan Scott one and this one, these are period pieces dealing with the, like Golden Age, like JSA individual member stuff, which is cool because you're not going to get these type of stories anywhere else. But but the stuff that you're dealing with, it's like you know early days for the character like alan scott people are all up and honest because he's gay so they're not even going to give it a chance half the time it seems like anyway but they at least have the idea of their new golden age red lantern they set up previously from yeah all that's, the different that's stuff where that you had, have grabbed which, onto one exactly i can't wait to see the origins of this character that we never got to know like i'm saying that one and this one feel like the hidden year stories it that like okay it's, it's, a, it's a piece of this that you can throw into the mix of these comics and they can feel legit well and we had our Alan Scott was actually a Patreon spotlight that if you, you know, these things don't disappear. If you want to hear us talk about it, you can go to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. But Eric was really it. more intrigued than me because of the idea of that Red Lantern and what this could yeah, mean. And, the and antithesis a cool of it, like the Mad Guesser is to the Sandman. <laughs> yeah, so when you, when you end up here, Red Lantern, 
Yeah, that's cool. Like you said, a lot of people, the sexuality is going to throw them off and everybody has their own reasons or whatnot. I'm not here to say, you know, whatever. But in this, the mad gasser, like, I don't know that I'm that much excited. <laughs> like, you tried to get me excited with a red lantern tying into well, the, the Soviets. Is, that seems cool, at least. It does. And it seems like gasser? it has a purpose tied into something that's connected to the star heart, but in a different sense. Like, that work feels like it works here. But there's some guy who we have this mystery, which I want to say will somehow turn out to deal with Mr. Vanderlyle, who's but kind of like, to the, be. The, the, like the, the old friend of Wesley Dodds' father who's trying to help him with the military contract. You know, this. This Rockefeller type guy, he has everything to lose in this situation. It, feels like, it almost feels like this entire story so far, and it's only been two issues. This guy's really counting on selling a military contract using Wesley Dodds and stuff. The sleep guest didn't work. Well, what else has Wesley got? And that's where you go. But this weird Mr. Vanderlyle, who is his, you know, Wesley's father's age, it just seems weird for him to put on a gas mask and have a gas gun with deadly chemicals and start doing shit. But like, it feels like the only like, place we have right too, now. Because I think it's Vanderlyle. But then when you think about it, it's like, is he testing shit out this way? Exactly. Or? Why does he have to dress like the Sandman with a black gas mask to show you that he's evil and do this? I think he dresses like a Sandman meets the Dracula. I mean, I'm telling you right there, he looks like the Dracula. But even then, the only thing that I could think of but it doesn't really play out would be if it is him that he's like, well, I want to do this, but I also have to take care of Wesley because he's going to end up wanting gonna credit know. or he's going to know or he's going to do this and maybe even connecting to his dad. We're going to find out some you know, nefarious things that might have yeah. happened there. And so that's completely makes sense. We're two issues and it seems very obvious. So maybe it, but it feels too obvious. I know. But at this point, two issues in. We really don't have much of an other option, which we can get. But at the even though when you're doing this, again, I don't have much of a, a care or connection with Wesley Dodds. I think that a lot of people they just want to read stuff from Venditti, which he's a good he's a good writer. I just wish that Riley Rossmell wasn't on art with this. Well, I actually went through it's this not issue terrible, the first but, time. Well, didn't really think of the art at all, which is that that's a hell of a praise from me for, for No, I agree because this is the best thing in my mind that Riley Rossmo has done, but it still has that air to it where I want something that feels more polished, more comic book house style. I think that I, I'm actually not really telling the full truth because when I did go through, when I first had where there's a lady going by with her dog on the first page, I think it's really cool. And what Riley Rossmo does do parts is have like the smoke and mirrors for the title is the smoke coming off of the building. Yeah. Yeah, that he loves doing those little like, here's a segment where, oh, there's Wesley Dodds in the building, but a lady's walking her dog. Then you get to the next page and you end up having, you know, the guy that she's deal with the big uh, fireman's hat. It looks just like that hat that lady was wearing. I'm like, what's go? Oh, that's the other guy. And I got a little confused. And then some of the expressions Look, are a little over the, style the, of the time. People just walked around wearing fire chief helmets. Even the idea where. I like where he's going through his burned down office and he's like, oh, man. And to really push the point that his journal is gone, you have these moths come out. I'm like, man, those things, they survived the fire. Good for them. Good for them moths, right? So you, you're doing all this, though. And again, the whole play of, okay, I got to see what's going on. Oh, my journal's gone. Oh, my God. Again, we kind of knew that or thought that before. You actually said, I think somebody's going to steal his journal. They ended up stealing some gas masks, all that stuff going on. But then you meander a bit. You're ending up where you're going to go and 
kind of try to knock some heads to try to get some info, but they don't really feel like they have info. I, it, it's well, weird. Wesley Dodds even has like you, you want to have that grand reveal of the mad guesser at the yeah. end, like they're like, you know, but. <laughs> You the also have gasser. Wesley Dodds having his premonition dreams, knowing that the Mad Gasser is already out and about. Like, I don't know if Wesley fully understands it yet, but you have that in the middle of the book already. Showing I hope he's, he's called the of. Mad Gasser. <laughs> I really hope so. And yeah, he ends up and that's even when he sees that it's kind of like that play of, oh, man, I had a dream and they wanted me to, you know, hook up with the military. I was going to give him the sleep gas, but they wanted more deadly things. And I realized I'm a pacifist, but then it looks like he is being given a premonition of somebody else going that extra step to do all that stuff. And and again, it makes sense that it's his dad's friend. But then when he gets in, he's like, okay, I'm going to do some things. I'm going to go down. I'm going to look through the records room. And it just starts to meander. Well, that's the thing. It's we at least have something going on because if the, the journal was stolen, the gas mask and the gas guns were stolen, why do we have a dead body that was found in the house for what they believe to be a failed robbery and arson to cover the tracks? But there's a dead body in there. Okay, we have to figure out who this like missing people that's been going around. So we're going to break in. We're going to take some photos and do this thing to try to figure out who this person could be, and then go around and knock some skulls to find out who this person was that's missing that we think that is the person they found dead in the house by going around the old associates of them and just try to figure out what's going on with this mystery. But it just kind of takes a long time just it to try to beat some count. people up, throw some gas around just to find out, like, <laughs> hey, who's this person? Oh, he doesn't work with us no more. He went legit. Oh, and, and all these people that he's beating up that he's trying to gas out because he's a sad man, they ain't falling asleep because they like the meth. They like the meth. They're on the Just like the Nazis. Oh. You end up where Ben Diddy. I don't know why that's for meth, Eric, but I it get is it. now. So when you're doing this, I think that Ben Diddy does a really good job of even setting up like this is why old shit is boring to people anymore you know what i mean like this is like an old time movie where you're gonna have these scenes that may not and i i always say if you're doing detective work you have to show some dead ends because then that's real detective where it really shows you the deal but it can't be the one thing that you show here and it takes a long time he goes into the records room diana ends up helping him out he gets in at one point the old old man guard he comes in Hey, somebody left, and he's outside of the ledge. I mean, there's so many things that don't really need to happen, but they're okay. And then you go off, like you said, where he finds this one guy. He connects him. I mean, you're even there for a whole page where he's doing in the in the dark. He's room. developing the film. Yeah, <laughs> like all right, like it's, it's the cool. 40s. It's cool. Again, he ain't got no Polaroid. That's where I think that it's a cool play that he is really giving you a period piece. He really I is. But there's some things about that that might not be that exciting and it really slows the pace down but again a, a sandman book maybe it should be like this but he does end up going i gotta find the associates of igor Klug. <laughs> what was he doing in my house and what is he up to and like who is he working with mm. you get these guys with their sack of money hey there where, where's the jimmy what was it hey stevie you do it on the lookouts yeah i'm on the lookouts man i'm on the bath hey how shit's odd going is it crazy. though we have these people who are robbing this bank, right? Oh, actually, this post office because they have all or this stuff. Or a department store. They actually say that it was really it like gangbusters. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they're going in the safe at that point. My, my bad. I, I was trying to remember because of the stuff they stole. I was trying to make it work out in my mind. But the idea then, we have Sandman beat the crap out of him. He has to you know, try harder than he usually does because they're all methed up and not falling asleep right away. But you have, we have to talk about the idea of Stevie, who's not normally a part of this. It's like a son, a son-in-law or something like a sister's nephew. Like he didn't a nephew know which situation. one was. And well, he's the one who's out there. He's he not said really the doing end, much. Right? And then 
at the at the thing is when the shit starts hitting the fan, Steve is like, "Oh shit, I better get the fuck out of here." Runs outside, gets hit by a car in front of two police officers. I'm like, why did we spend so much time with Stevie? I, like talking about Stevie, he <laughs> motherfucker ran into the street, Stevie? got hit by a car, and is dead. Stevie's dead. I'm like, I, I hardly knew you, Stevie. I like when at one point they're in there, and I mean, I'm they're talking like it was a character. I actually at first was a little kind of like. Who the fuck's this Stevie? They're like, hey, I told you to keep a lookout, Stevie. Stevie is right there at the door and says, how much longer? I think he's still looking out. Hey, I told you to look out, Stevie. Hey, I told you his sister's kid never was good for nothing. And then they get gas. They're on meth. They end up getting gas more. At one point, Leslie shoves. Sandman is shoving the barrel into this dude's mouth. Just trying to fill as much gas. It's almost like the scene in like... um. In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, where the stuff's not working, so they shove, like, the uh, fire extinguishers to try to make the catalyst work. Like, they're sort of shoving this shit in his face, just throwing a whole other can into it. And the guy's still not asleep. I love the idea that Wesley is like, I think I'm a pacifist. He gets in this fight. At one point, have some mercy on these guys. Hit them over the head with your gun or something. I mean, at one point, this guy's going to drown and just suffocate with this shit in his mouth. I don't know what that's all about. And then Stevie runs off and gets hit by a car. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Stevie, how could you? And then it's like, it was a dead end. Made me giggle. <laughs> Tell you, and we're, we're talking about all this. I didn't hate this issue. Neither I did actually I. didn't care either way. That's my biggest problem. I, I talk about this with characters that I even do like. Right now over at Marvel, you have a new Daredevil run. And we're a couple issues in. And I don't have that. Book. I don't have the thing that grabs me to say I need to keep reading this. It's even you harder have, with the character don't I don't care guesser. about. That, like, and so by the end, when you end up seeing the <laughs> the mad gasser, I'm like, that's not quite the hook yet. But I'll tell you right now, Stevie wins the day. I actually had fun laughing about Stevie, so we yeah. can go. But what the, the telltale thing of this, and I think maybe you'll agree, we're going through this laughing about Stevie, right? I start. Backpaging to see when he first there. Hey, you on the lookout, Stevie? Get to the end where he dead, and I'm like, oh shit, that was the end of the issue. I forgot that that was it. That's it. We did. We got nothing. We ended up having a dead end, and the fact that Stevie ends up dying is this going to be tied in the Daredevil? Is Wesley going to feel very responsible for Stevie's death here because they didn't really have a connection to this guy? But I don't think I need that. We have six <laughs> issues here. Mad Gasser. Mad Gesser looks cool. I, I actually think that as he I look badass. at it, the main parts of this that you really need to nail with the art, I think Red Wesmo does a really good job. The Mad Gesser, the stuff with the, you know, Wesley going around. Some of the faces look a little odd. I Most of the people with Red Wesmo have dead eyes anyway, so poor Stevie. I wasn't sure he was dead, but they dead end. Oh, Stevie. <laughs> oh, Stevie, you didn't make it. But by the end, I didn't hate it. I, I just don't know no, I why I need to read it, and I hope that eventually I, I get that feel. Uh, but again, okay, what would you give it? Yeah, I think I would give it a six point three out of ten, maybe a six point five. It's I'm just it a not 6. a lot 5. here. Yeah. It's just not a lot here for what's going on. Like I look forward to the next issue for what was set up here, but for the like the main adventure of the story, like yeah, we did our due diligence, but it was kind of boring to get to where I want to actually be. So it's weird because, like I said. Riley Rossmo art, not a fan personally, but this is the best Riley Rossmo, Rossmo art that I've seen, and it works well in certain places here. So I can't really be too angry about that. It's just, I don't know. It's just not, not something that really grabs a hold of me. And the thing, that's too, like the, the Wesley Dodd Sandman, 
Not really a character. I talked about this in the first issue. Not one of my favorite JSA members. I could actually, like you say, take him or leave him. I could always leave him because I find the other characters way more fun, way more cool. It's just, here we are, Wesley Dodds, 1940s, and we're doing some Sandman stuff, but I don't know if I actually need that right now, but it's not terrible, the stuff that I'm reading. It just doesn't, like, you know, last with me. Six five for me, is like you said, and I'm exactly, that's that's exactly how I feel. The thing, and I notice, and what I mean, when I say that he hits the things that you need to, when he's Sandman, the, it's when you get the regular people like Diane, they're wacky. They look crazy, yeah. but it doesn't matter because I don't really care about them. They look wacky. They look, they all look like mannequins. They're all walking around with that mannequin look. Even you got a gas mask on. Though. You look badass. Damn right. And I think that at one point, I mean, also you get wacky stuff. I mean, that dream sequence was really cool. You know, the horrific bit of it. That's oh, yeah. where Riley Rossmo's art works. And we talked about it. Anytime you get Riley Rossmo, if you get Way over the top, supernatural, wacky stuff, acid trippy. He's in. He's really good. It's just the regular, everyday Joe and Jane that you're like, who is that? Dead eyes, mannequin, necks out the wazoo. Holy moly. But yeah, 6'5". And I hope that people, because recently I have been getting a little bit upset because people have been pointing out, oh, you guys are so negative. You're so negative. But I hope that people realize, like, it's not just the score. A 6'5", for me, for a Wesley God said, that, that's pretty positive because I have no connection and I'm having fun talking about it. So I hope that they realize that, that a 6.5 is not always just awful. It's actually pretty good here. But we'll finish up with what? Uh, World's Finest, Teen Titans number 5, written by Mark Wade with art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Judy Belair, and Steve Wands. And it's such a weird place to be in this, in this part of the series because each issue, for the most part, besides for the team squ- like squabbling about everything that's going on where they don't feel like friends or a family that I want the Teen Titans to be like, they're all just little anthology stories, it feels like. You know, like, here's a little thing here, here's a little thing here. And the only thing that really feels like it's connected is the idea of the Terror Titans in the background, which only really felt like it was coming to a head last issue, and the idea that our team is not really a team yet because this is still early days. At least this issue... It feels like we're actually getting somewhere with what we're doing. Yes, they're still squabbling, and yes, I still hate that, but the stakes actually feel like they matter here, and we're actually doing something, and I'm really appreciative of that. I just wish we didn't wait till issue number five, the penultimate issue of the penultimate series to start issue. doing it. Again, that, this feels like the pacing of the vigil, though the problem with this one is we know these characters. So yeah, you had some of these vignettes, which were cool, and you want to see the back-in-the-day stuff here. Though, I love here that at points back in the day just means a couple months before, but you end up where you're going through this, where suddenly in the fifth of six issues, you feel, oh, the, here's the story. Oh, the person that's in the background that's putting together the Terror Titans that, like, I started to say, hey, is this Charlie Parker? Are they going with the, the old continuity of Golden Eagle being a bad guy eventually? And the thing is, it's like, Oh no, you have to wait for this issue where we find out that three months ago they were trying on a new member for the team that didn't work out called Haywire, and he held a grudge. So now he's going to put together the, the Terror Titans by bringing together a bunch of other, like, you know, Teen Titan villains like Toy Boy and the Ant and stuff oh, along those boy. lines. People thought and that I'm was like, you, I, I am the Toy Boy. Toy I really am. The, the Toy Man Child. But, uh, I don't know. For some reason, when we get this, though, Les, it's very disappointing. It's almost like the idea of, like, people put Friday the 13th, the first, you know, horror movie on the series, on a pedestal. Like, oh, this is, like, what started it all. This is a great, like, murder mystery. Like, a whodunit. But, like, you can't play along with that because it's not till the end where it's like, ah, oh, Mrs. Voorhees. Exactly. Oh, we didn't know this character until like right Scream. now. 
No, like, it's not like Scream. It's not like Scream at all because you I knew, you knew all on. those characters and who that could be. Mrs. Voorhees, this Haywire shows up out of nowhere at the final ish, page of the last issue. You don't know who this is, and you finally get a backstory here in the penultimate issue. So now it finally works out. I like what they're doing with how this is going to work. I just wish it didn't feel like it was so out of nowhere so here. So like Star Wars. No. All of a sudden, you know, Luke and Leia, they're making out, and then all of a sudden, oh, God, they're brother and sister. It's no, no, sexier what, what you're than t- I ever now, thought. If you, if, if you actually want to make an analogy, you go to Return of the Jedi, or, where Yoda's about to uh, – I think it's where – no, no, it's Empire Strikes Back, and where Yoda says, no, there is another. So you have that And then least. it gets sexy is wow. what happens, right? That's the play. So you, you end up here, and again, like you said, I mean, and this is the whole play, Laura. It doesn't feel like there was that much of a story going on, and then all of a sudden, oh, shit, I better tell it. But my main play, and you're going to tell me that, well, the team just started. That's fine. But five issues in here, and I'm I'm just sick of them arguing. I'm sick. I, I actually, agree. I don't know why we, I know why. It's just because Mark Wade wants to tell it this way, but. Can we ever get a team like this that it's like, oh, my God, we were meant to be together and I really like each other and let's find out about each other and let's have fun because I actually just wanted That's to have fun Titans with book. this. I just wanted to have fun with this book. And when you go through it, you end up having little vignettes, little stories where you could have had fun. And then when you get to the end here where you finally like, oh, man, here's the st-. like you have to just keep reminding yourself that we only have one more issue left. And again, why did we waste all this time? This could have been issue number three, number two. We could have just had the idea where it started with, hey, we're going to try this haywire out because we're a new team. Let's try to get together and have some fun there, boys and girls. And then it doesn't work. And then you go from there. It seems like we started out almost introducing characters we know in a way that, okay, they're arguing, whatever, but we kind of know them. We also like the Bumblebee and Mal Duncan stuff. You kind of push good. that aside now. I didn't mind that, but some of the other stuff, like the idea of like, uh, and you just keep, I mean, Donna is just on repeat. It's Pete and repeat with the, well, I went to the rodeo because he don't like that. So I did this well, and I this. I'm like, I, 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 I had enough of that. I, I don't like the, the bickering that we have between our team, but I feel in this issue, at least, that everything is actually coming together in a cohesive story. From everything we've seen, it's all coming to a head here, and it makes sense in a story-wise. It's fine. I to just a point like where I, like, Again, I don't like it, but I think that it makes sense, and it's told well from the way that, like, you know, individually, I didn't care for everything we had because it all felt like one and done, one and done. Here, it feels like everything finally comes together to a head where the team will want to break up if something doesn't change to the point where we have our, like, our cliffhanger where Dick Grayson reveals his identity to the rest of the team for the first time against Batman's orders. I know the whole play, again, is they're a new team. They may not get along, but this it's starting to feel like what we hate now. It's a team, so it kind of hides the play here. But a character like, oh, man, that character's a pain in the ass in this. Oh, oh, and then we get back to the status quo, and we're supposed to applaud that. That's what this is starting to feel like, that at the end, next issue, man, we are a team. This is great. And I'm like, but that's what I wanted from the beginning. I wanted to have fun like that in issue one, not three pages at the end. Now, I'll, t- I'll tell you, too, I look forward to the idea of, you know, a terror Titans put together by a a, a d- uh, disgruntled former member of the Teen Titans or somebody who wanted to be. Haywire seems like he could be a cool character. But the idea that he's the head of this whole thing where we then have the ant, which I wish we would have seen a, like a recruitment bit instead of him just attacking Bumblebee. And but we could have if this was issue. introduced earlier. You Toy know what Boy, I mean? Toy, Toy Boy at least Boy. had an entire issue where we could see like his his infatuation with Bumblebee, Karen, and so you had that at least. But then out of nowhere, and then Artemis Croc shows up. I'm like, why is Artemis here? Like, it's cool that she's here, but she's just here out of nowhere and a part of the team. Like, 
I wish you would have done an entire issue to bring Artemis Croc into this because that's cool. And I realize at this point where I always tell you that I hate the idea of getting sliced in the back of the knee. I also <laughs> wouldn't want my, my Achilles to be sliced. I, I really, you. I really don't want an arrow going through my wrist. I'm telling you, when he gets that, I'm like, he ends up pulling that arrow out and then just sucking the blood like a Dracula's. And I'm like, you are kick ass. <laughs> I was like, boy, fucking kick ass because I would be done. I would be down crying, shitting my pants. I mean, that is vicious. And you end up having it. It's kind of pushed aside. Like he ends up really recovering very quickly from that. Again, the idea of Roy. Having problems because Oliver doesn't pay attention. Oh, We've had well, that, that What he had with his friends from the last issue yeah. as well. And we, but we don't like. There's not really a space to resolve that except to say, "Oh, you're pretty cool." Like we're already past what I think we have the the real estate for, which would have been pretty cool. I do like that, but I would have liked at one point for somebody to get along. I mean, this is the idea. Like you could have the play of, you know, Haywire. You have this play. Where, okay, there's this new guy. Right away, you can tell. Who thought that this guy was ever going to fit in? Like, he doesn't fit cool in right powers. away. So instead of having that, Roy's like, have that play where the team kind of are all friends and one of the characters, Roy, is going to enter. And, hey, he doesn't quite get along and we build towards that. But everybody in this issue is just at a point where they just hate each other. And it just doesn't seem... And it takes Dick Grayson to show them the sacrifice that he's willing to make against Batman's wishes to reveal himself. Because that's ultimately what everybody comes down to. It, right? Oh, it looks so good. But like everybody has their own little squabbles with each other. The way that, you know, Donna and Garth are dating, but like they don't understand each other. Roy's upset at Wally and Garth for what they said previously. Like Robin goes ham on Wally this time, telling him to stop being a kid and grow up. So we have all these problems, but it does seem like the sacrifice he makes by revealing his identity to the rest of them who all know each other because they've all revealed their identities except for Robin. This is going to be the thing that gets them to like, you know, to work together. Plus, Robin knows how to defeat Haywire and the Terror Titans, but he needs his team to work together. I love it. And he's trying to make them, you know, work. And I like that. He's there. He's the tactician. He's like, okay, you go there. Nobody's listening. They're on their own and they're not going to be able to survive. They don't see him as a leader yet because they don't trust him. Because they're yelling at each other. You're this, you're that. And I went at the one point where they do say, and, and I think that it's the play. Remember, remember Bumblebee, her big thing at that crazy Titans, whatever. Titans Con. Titans Con was like, I can never let, like she was, but I, are we going to ever find out exactly what she meant? Because it was so was over weird. The top. But even in that, I think that it was one of those where she is nice. Like, you know, and, and oh, yeah. I think her saying, listen, they're right. They're right, you know, because he's not going to do it for Roy. He's pissed off at <laughs> Nobody's going to do shit for Roy. No, nobody's doing anything for Roy because, again, even the play of, and Haywire brings it up, but the play of, you know, Wally and the online stuff, Roy and that, like, that's already pushed aside as well. But when Bumblebee says they're right and she's actually talking sensible, it feels weird. You're not doing that. And you get a really cool play where I wanted somebody to be like, He's a goddamn Dracula. Look, his shadow is a bat. Like, look at it. He's the Batman. Does that make sense? <laughs> Come on. That's a cool visual style I right like there. It. And because he's saying, I, I I'm sorry, guys, but I walk within the shadow of the bat at all times. Now. He does. And he's like, I, I can't disagree with that. And it's kind of a cool play. I wanted this because everybody's shocked. He takes off the mask. And, and this is a quick turn on the page because this whole time he tells him, I can't reveal who I am because we all know the reasons. And when he has the whole thing at the last panel of that page, I. I can't. You have to turn the page to see. I can't disagree with that. Not anymore. And he takes the mess. That's a great transition. I wanted this to be like the idea where 
He's like, all right, I'm Dick Grayson. One of two things. For, they just go back to arguing. They're in shock. It would be that classic like sitcom moment. With, like, you mean the flying Grayson's Dick Grayson? And then they uh, like the Dick all kids love acrobats. Yeah, like, yeah, really, like Dick Grayson. And then Don is like, by the way, you don't want to come with me, and you end up not talking. Like they just go back to arguing. Or even better, they're shocked. They're in silence, and then suddenly Roy yells out, "Holy shit, Bruce Wayne's Batman!" He just yells <laughs> I, it out. I, I honestly, I'm telling you. I am waiting that too because it, it would have been it would have been national news like this death where billionaire Bruce Wayne takes in this this orphan acrobat whose parents oh, were killed from national news. And what I hope the play is everybody but like Batman's maybe pissed. they're not thinking it out. <laughs> oh my Batman's like holy shit! Like you have Roy though. Maybe that can be the play here that Roy ends up at the end. Like hey, by the way, tell tell Bruce I said hi. As kind of a thing of like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Well, like, at, you know, at this point in neat. time, for the most part, even though Roy's like overplays his hand with what he says, they are kindred spirits where they're freaking like they and are it was the words of earlier. billionaires. And I liked it. He said like, well, me and Roy, like they probably have the, you know, mirror image. You have his mentor oh, yeah. and mine. So I thought that was cool. I really want to have a play where somehow the rest of them are idiots. They don't even, or they don't even bother because they have well, their. Garth and Donna should have no reason to understand or know any of that to begin with. Yeah, and I, I want because Roy, I think, would figure it out immediately, and I so want I. him to at some point. Maybe you're trying to force the reveal, but he doesn't let up. But then he lets he lets Dick know that he knows, and I that feel, makes I him feel close. Like Karen would know because I feel like she's smart enough to put two and two together because yeah, she seems yeah. like you know a learned gal. I think that Wally's too involved with being a kid to really care what's I, going I on think with that, her, like, but you know, he's so into national news. Dick. I mean, Wally is so into Dick that you you can't even get away from him being that into Dick. I mean, seriously, right? <laughs> yeah. But he loves Robin. I think I think that Wally, like you said, is a kid, but he doesn't that's get the past the he's idea of Robin. loving Robin. I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he knows think. who a Bruce Wayne is, though. He might not. I, yeah, so he, like, I don't know what you're talking about, but Roy would. That'd be pretty yes. cool. I, I I think that might out of, out of all of these that I think anything, Roy and Karen would get the like be able to put two and two together. This series has not been one of my favorites. And it's it's Me a either. shame because I thought it was really good. I'll tell you though that last battle where it's so Dick and he's like, Hey, I'm Dick Grayson, you know, hey, I would have loved to live. What's the, the flying Grayson's you're like famous, dude? <laughs> we laugh and just to let everybody know, we laugh at the idea that to this day they keep trying to push that the Flying Graysons are trapeze circus, that these are the biggest things that everybody knows, that they are like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Oh, oh yeah. my God, the Flying Graysons. So we always laugh, but... Maybe in the 40s, that was a high attraction, but anymore, name me one acrobat family, <laughs> trapeze the family. The Flying Lindas. There you go, Eric. Yeah. But that, that is, I, I you could have made that but up. But again, I, I didn't, I don't but know. still, that's, that's like the only one that I would know. But the idea, like... In this day and it, like circuses are done, you, you don't even really have them anymore. Uh, you, they uh, people jumping around with tigers and shit. You still have that, right? I think. And Chris Angel, Do they? I don't know. But you ended up. Is I, I, Roy? I, yeah, it's like to Roy. Um, Tanya's aunt. I told you this before. Tanya's aunt actually designed those awful costumes that Siegfried and Roy pranced around in. A lot of those were her aunt's doing. <laughs> I, I don't think she should be proud of that. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious! Look at this thing. So when they, the one got attacked and mauled by the the Siberian tiger, like, look at her, Anastasia. She loves the spotlight, and then it ended up getting attacked. 
Uh, it was a real down day. Is that day. just a, a Simpsons reference? That was a Simpsons deal. I just saw that. The Anastasia. When they, pre- when they predicted that to happen years well, before they did. it did. They did. It did happen. Soothsayers. Like, she loves the spot. <laughs> then thinks back at when. Come here, tiger. And then it'll hit a girl with the dark. But yeah, by the end, I think that that panel of my name is Dick Grayson. And I'm here to say I like to beat the terror titans every day is what I think he says, Eric. Uh, but by the I think that's the best panel of the week. Like, I'm excited now, but unfortunately, we have one issue, and it doesn't make this whole issue great in my mind. Like a few pages ahead of that, when he, when he like you know puts his hand out of them at a cool angle, where there's no like you know panel breaking things up, where he says enough. I think that's really that's cool. cool too. Yeah, that's but honestly, cool. I like when he has the the Batman shadow too. He's the oh, that's good. But He's even though they're not working together as a team, when they are taking on Toy Boy, the Ant, and Artemis Croc, and you know Haywire, yeah, the art looks all great. that. I'll tell you, Emmanuel Lupacino is one of my favorite artists at DC Comics when she's over there. And I think the book always looks great. Mark Waid, he's like, I just want to have fun. But the way I have fun is having a team that has fun together. This The squabbling is what brings everything down. I get down that you want to tell a I story think, of them coming together, but it's just not exactly. the way I like it, the way it's but played But even out. the idea of them coming together, because they've been a team for at least three months, probably more because Haywire is going to be a new member, so they already have a team together at that point in time. So like, I feel like for the most part, yes, they're still young. They still don't understand how to work together as a team. Like Robin's pushing himself as a leader because why wouldn't he? He's the fucking sidekick of Batman. You just have all these different personalities that are going to butt heads. It's not what I want to see from this, but I think ultimately throughout the series progression of this, it makes sense from where we it went does. from here I to just, here to here yeah. to where we have a reason to come together as a team with what Robin has sacrificed here with his identity. I like Haywire. He's a, you know, he's a go-getter. This guy, he says three months ago, he considers that back in the day. He went and got himself a team that quick. But you do. You get the pretty much the moral of the story is that we all come together. All you have to do is expose a little dick is what happens, Eric. By the end, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm with it. It might get you in trouble someplace. You got to watch out. But it could work. So by the end, the art, I'm looking at it. It's incredible. And and it is Jordi Belair on colors. Yeah. Uh, Hates us, Eric. Just hates our guts. Blocked us. That's a shame. Shit on us. One of the best colorists in, in comics. Just so good. That proves right there. See, I'm saying this. No vendettas, Eric. There's nothing with that. The, the yeah. colors pop. The whole thing looks. And she even does the play where you have that where, okay, let's see some things that might have happened a little bit before. And you have that little less of a pop of the colors. Not quite oh, like the a flashback. Sepia. The muted color is great. It's just such, it's muted like at the perfect point to still look great. But know that it is a fa- it's it's done great. I mean, really, really but good. Like, we we are a team enough in this for Wonder Girl to have her original costume to the point where she has a newer costume with what's currently going on. What is this whole thing? They've been together a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I will tell you that maybe this year we'll have an end of year awards. It's not really our thing, but I think I'm going to vote for the Jordy Belair. Hey, I'm for it. What would you give it? Well, that's the thing is we had the squabbling last issue, but I said that the best part of last issue was when Mal and Karen uh, got together and were doing Bumblebee and Harold stuff. It was great. This issue, you get more of that, plus the rest of the team, they're still squabbling, but it comes to a head to a point which makes sense to me, and we can get over that now. The Terror Titans are revealed. We have a bunch of members. Hopefully, there's some more for the finale. I would have liked to see more of the Terror Titans and them being put together instead of the squabbling, but this is my favorite issue of the series so far, and it makes me think, like, this is what we could have been getting. That's what I get upset about. And I'm like, this could have been really good. And like, I wish we would have more, but I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to match that, Eric, because I need to have a definitive book of the week. 
again, I I really did like, well, I didn't really like, but I think that Green Lantern was kind of cool. But at the end of this, if if you took away Dick, then I'm not in. But once you show me Dick, I hear that. So 7.5. Again, what's your book of the week, Eric? My book of the week is World's Finest Teen Titans number five. It is mine as well. Actually, a lot of times when I go through these books for the podcast, I really have an idea of, okay, that's definitely my book of the week. I actually thought it was going to be Green Lantern, but you have convinced me. And as we were talking, I do, it, we're getting to that point, And at least we have one issue left. I'm like the vigil where if we had one issue left of that, maybe that could have been really cool. The next issue as well, but at least we have it here. We'll see the terror Titans and toy boy and the ants and toy boys. Honestly, I'm just excited about Artemis Crack being here because it's a character you don't get to see very often. Yeah, do you think that she'll, like, yeah, I mean, they're going to fight them again. I, you would think that Roy will now shoot her in the wrist, right? That, you yeah, know, why not? eye for Tip an for eye, tat. as I say. Uh, also, yeah. I like the idea Quid that pro quo. Well, poor Mal, they, you have, like what Dick's like, hey, make yourself useful, asshole. <laughs> you got to shoot you think that's it. bad? Wally, the heart of this team so far, he actually yells at Karen about letting somebody on the team like that. I'm like, Adam, I can't Well, again, you, he was off. He broke his ankle. And then, yeah, Dick say, like, oh, man, you're just a stupid, dumb kid. Grow the hell up, asshole. And actually, again, with the art, the emotion, when you see, like, Wally is so upset. But like I, I like Wally where... He he might forgive it. He ain't forgetting because when it comes up, oh, I thought I was a dumb kid. That's like I love that he throws it back because that actually shows a little well, bit look, of like oh, a growing up for him. <laughs> well, look cool. look at the thing when Robin says that to him. Look how betrayed and hurt I know. he is during that fight. That's what I'm fight. saying. That's Crazy. what I'm looking. That emotion that he's it, crying a little yeah, bit. It does. It's really good. His hero snapped at him. After his ankle snapped at it's, him. And it's yeah, really, it's even more of just a hero. This is a hero friend. Like, this is somebody that you really look up to, like a bigger brother. I mean, it's a really more like that, like a, like a big <laughs> free row. Uh, so, and he, the guy just broke his ankle for him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going, like, what are you doing, ass? So you just barking orders at us, you prick. Like, really, Wally's a nice kid. Which might be a problem, but nobody's listening to him now. Yeah, yeah. Wally's That's a, why he's barking. I do like to, and I usually hate it, but I, I, for some reason, I like the boxing club. <laughs> things crack me up. It's cool. Yeah. I actually thought it was a funny That's play. That days. When you're doing that, and then you're like, oh, man, really? And it ended up being Artemis Krog. That did that. would have been funny. But why would she hit the toy boys? I don't know. Eric doesn't like them. I don't like toy boy. I'll tell you that. But. He's just a little toy man. You're not supposed to like the villains. Yeah, I, I don't like those John Lennon glasses like an asshole. Which is weird purpose. because we have Artemis Crocker. Haywire feels like it's a new character. I feel like Toy Boy was a new character as well. But now I have to question myself. Like, is this a classic? No, I think Toy Boy I don't definitely remember? was uh, a new okay. character. Haywire seems like something, but I think is a new one as well. But again, Haywire seems like one of those kids like your, your buddy's like, hey, you know, you have your gang you run around with. Like we had when we were younger. And like my friends, we'd play a lot of sports. Want to see a dead we'd play body? Football, we'd see that, or you know, go find some porno in the woods. But the idea where I get you. Oh, we'd have these guys. Oh, we play football, and then they add this other guy. Like, hey, I asked this guy Chris Greenwich to get involved. This is specific because this guy shows Obviously. up and he's like, "Hey, anybody chew?" And I'm like, "I, I don't think this guy's gonna fit in because no, unless you're saying bubblicious, get the fuck <laughs> out of here." 
the guy had like this big red man deal, and we're like, no. And he's like, I almost played the idea. It'd be cooler. <laughs> you got some, you got some of that big league chew, some of that yeah, shredded gum. Yeah, I love like, that oh, shit. Man. Like, and we're we're playing football, and he wants to chew. I'm like, that doesn't work. I'm, the guy was weird. That was Plus, the guy who was held back a few years. He was actually, and and Definitely. also. Had a little bit of a stank to him. He wasn't exactly <laughs> a guy who... That's because he was more mature than the rest of you because he had been held back Maybe that's years. it. He also, because we played, we're playing football, and you'd go to tackle him, he had like a little bit of a, a shine to him. He had a little bit of a slimy, like you'd go... Oh, it that's called disgusting. grease. It was disgusting. It was weird. And then nobody wanted to tackle him because Come on, pizza face, and calm shit down. like that. Mm. Yeah, I guess I had a bit. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of the time. It might have been right before that. <laughs> just, just to understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, though, it was one of those things where I believe that it was the same guy where, you know, we'd play tackle football, so we're playing. Yeah. And the guy ended up like, this guy's not going to tackle me, Eric. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I was the quicker town comic. So I'm running. And the guy, like, dope, and he grabbed my shirt and, like, ripped my shirt That's off the worst. Of my deal. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like that's not a. Oh, he so thought it was angry. flag football. You're like, hey, you want, yeah, hey, you want some chew? You <laughs> asshole! I'm so mad. The guy's Chris Greenwich. If he's listening, now the thing is, you say this. <laughs> did you hang out with him more than this time? No, I think that was it. I think that. How the said, hell did you remember his name? Uh, I don't know, but that's his name. He again. I I was just gonna say he lived back in our, but all these kids did back in our development. Oh, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, Chris Greenish. I don't know why, but I remember it. I was so angry. I think maybe because I went home and I had to explain it to my mom and dad why my shirt was like ripped off. I'll forgive, hey. but I'll never forget. Yeah, Chris Greenish. And it was Herb. Herb was the one who brought him. I'm like, Herb, you better stop this bullshit. Herb lived over on like uh, Pennington Lane and shit like that. Yeah. that Please, that's bad. Like back over that's there. That's where the bad that. kids lived. It the was. further in you get. Yeah, he was way back in there. I'm like, what are you bringing this asshole for? You're lucky you're allowed to be around this year. Herb, uh, I, I feel bad. Herb looked like Charlie Bucket from Willy Wonka, and people okay. would say that. And Herb was one of those guys who would try to play the jokes up. If somebody's going to make fun of him, he's like, hey. And so he would start saying, oh, I've got a golden ticket with a tear running down his face. He, it, it hurt him so bad. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing that, Herb? I used to get so mad. Like, I was well, the one who would get in fights right. with people. Kids called me Elvis when I first moved hmm. to town. And you did a lot of the kid- most, right? Yeah, and I did. I really wish I hadn't because I'm a goddamn idiot. I just didn't know how to react to that whole thing because it's just so dumb, too, because it seemed like nobody in my generation actually knew Elvis was. Not even that. This is because the reason I was called Elvis, Jim, I had long hair. Okay. You know, like Elvis. It only takes one guy to say it who may kind of know. And the rest of them just go with it because the other guy did. They're probably, and so I'm sure you did that. Hey, mama, what's up there, mama? Oh, and yeah. they had no yeah. idea what the fuck you were doing. They're like, why is he oh, talking just that like weird that? new kid. Hey there, kid, you swiveling your Elvis. hips. I imagine you looking like Forrest Gump doing the hips. <laughs> what a dick. Uh, maybe they thought you, maybe they called you Elvis because you were fat. I mean, I, I hate to say it, Eric, but you were a little chunky kid. Yeah, but nobody thinks of fat Elvis. Did you end up, well, did you have a karate outfit on? Were you maybe no, dressed like you, said, you look was like I you'd be... like Captain Marvel Jr.? <laughs> I was going to say Captain Marvel slash Evil Knievel. Uh, are you doing karate chops at any point? No. You probably were doing karate chops. I had a did button down Did you show shirt. up the first time you met your friends? Did you show up with a peanut butter, banana, and uh, bacon sandwich? Then no, say, hey, uh, my mama came with that. It's just Elvis, and it's stuck. I had a girl from the neighborhood, like in a bar, like 10 years ago, who was watching me Elvis. Elvis. 
Yes. She's never been seen again. Honestly, I haven't seen her since. But the thing is, then I felt bad because I threw something out there because I've been drinking that people used to call her tissue because she used to stuff her bra. Oh, see, that's what and I, then I like. felt like a jerk. That's the Eric Shea that I like. Y- you give it to him. Like, again, when they would say, hey, pizza face, I'd punch him right in the face. And then I'd say, take that, asshole. See, it works. And I'm like, actually, it was funny when people would say pizza face. I would. And the thing is, also it was tissue because her name was Tasha. So it worked out in that mm, way, that, too. That works out. That works out fine. Uh, also, I'm trying to think, like, nobody really to my face would say that much. You know, pizza face, that, that, that you know, hit well, the they'd soft have to talk spot. to you for that. But I don't think I ever really had a nickname. I, I really, I, I really, except quick down comment that I made up myself now. But the idea, people used to just call me Werner or Wern. That was it. Like, well, that's the right. thing is I, I had the Elvis name through like middle school. Well. And exactly, it was Shay for pretty much, but like middle school in the neighborhood, like a, a select few would say Elvis. But beyond middle school, I never had that again until. I'm, I'm 20 some years old, even maybe even 30 at that point. When it's like, hey, Elvis, oh fuck me! <laughs> it it uh it kind of makes me a little sad that I never had a nickname. I I just never had, and I no way am I like I get really. The worst part is I liked Elvis. I wouldn't give myself a name. Yeah, my dad I just knew they, Elvis. They, I just knew that they meant it in a negative way, so it's not going to so work. Funny, they like show up and like, hey. Dick Clark Five, like they, 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 people just went with it. Hey, Beast Boys, like, all right. <laughs> they just keep going. Or just had a, hey, what's up, Don Cornelius? That that would be funny. Like they end up, hey, Bucci Collins. You're like, all right, I'll go all with right. it. Hey, Brian Adams, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> like they just keep updating it down the line. Like right now, they're like, hey, Jelly Roll. Right? You like the Jelly Roll? No, I know you, I know you do. Hey, Migos. What's in the crockpot, asshole? I, I, I just saw a friend talking about it on Facebook, and I'm like, that's something, I guess. I think Jelly Roll might be like a, a country mumble rapper. I, I don't yeah, really know I th- myself, I think, but that's I what think it they seems just won to an be. Award. I say they because I don't know the pronouns if, if Jelly Roll was a man or a woman, because I don't it's know a, anything I about it. I think it's a guy, and to me, Jelly Roll ended up like, oh, Post Malone? I think I could do that. And ended up well, who, it seems who was like that another fat guy. Hick rapper that we had like you know fifteen years ago. What was that guy's name? Butterball or something along those lines. Eric something Sh- like Oh, I thought it was you. Eric Sh- uh, I I forget who. I know who you're talking about. Nonsense. Nonsense. Cornbread. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Cornbread. <laughs> ah, bread bowl. Hey there. <laughs> Clam chowder. What's up, never end impossible? I just need, now that's what I, Hey there, Manhattan chowder. <laughs> I, the other day, I ended up having a spicy Some shrimp on a stick, <laughs> spicy corn and shrimp chowder that I didn't think I'd like. I loved it, Eric. It was good. Hey there, lobster piss. Yo, what's good, pepper steak and onions? <laughs> oh. Do me, me a salad. Oh, my. <laughs> Do me a salad. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hey there, burrito. There you go. You just have that. Hey there, chalupa. See, that starts to feel very That's good. Hateful. I like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like chalupas. I like chalupas. I love burritos. Those, those are, but, but if you like, hey there, taco, that seems like they're getting, you know, hateful. I don't well, know. if you're just doing Taco Bell's <laughs> menu at this point in time, yeah. <laughs> That's all they're doing. You, you're naming your whole crew off of the Taco Bell. You know, it's like the Kaiser so say of poor people eating fucking shit when they're high. That's what it is. Oh, Christ, supreme. What's good? <laughs> there are funny plays. There was a story, just a, a bit. Big Poppy uh, from the Red Sox. He ended up 
He was a teammate of Dustin Pedroia's for like 19 years, like forever. Never knew his name. He called him like short stuff or something. And he just found out just recently that that wasn't his name. He thought it was. So he could have done that. He's like, eh. just be saying shit. But that's it. Eric. <laughs> that's it. Oh, I love it. I wish I had the whole Taco Bell menu that I could yell at you for. Hey there, uh, what are taco fries? Whatever those things are, are they still there? Taco fries? No, nacho fries. Not, they're nacho fries, indeed. I end up where now you're saying, I might have to go to Taco Bell tonight because now you're making <laughs> me hungry for Taco it's Bell. Good. I haven't, I haven't had Taco Bell in a long time. In fact, I went at one point, went back again and realized, wait a minute, these boxes aren't five bucks. What the fuck happened? I know, what, right? What happened to me? I ended up not going between. It really shocked me. I was really upset, but. That is that world's finest Teen Titans number five. Both of our books Yo, of the week. Double quarter with cheese and <laughs> hey, chicken nuggets. That'd be pretty cool, right? McChicken. Have you tried those two new sauces, the Mamba sauce and the no, I like spicy jelly or whatever? That Mamba sauce is hot as shit. I went there. You know why I went the other day? Because the Eagles got a sack. I know exactly why. And I got the free, <laughs> got the free Big Mac and sucked again. One day, Eric, it'll be good. But here are the books that we're going to talk about next week. Two of these books will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew uh, uh, beep, in a boom. poll on our Patreon. And that means they will be part of the Patreon-only exclusive podcast that comes out every Thursday night, except this week, Eric. Oh, my. Thursday is Thanksgiving. So sure. even everybody will get a day before. So you'll get the spotlight on a Wednesday. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool way to put up your Pretty pants. Cool. Here's what we're going to talk about, and I'll give you my guess of what will be on the spotlight. A lot of books. Batman Offworld number one, Jason Aaron's return to DC and his first Batman story. Looks pretty cool. I mean, anybody who's read the books this week, there is a preview for it. I'm not a huge Jason Aaron fan because of what he had done at the end of his Marvel tenure, including the Avengers book that I thought well, was awful. You say, you say that Jason Aaron's coming back to DC. What did Jason Aaron do he previously with DC? He did one story about the Penguin. Okay, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, what it was the pretty fuck good. has he done? He ended All up right. doing a Penguin story like right before the New 52 and then signed exclusive to Marvel, so he wasn't able to do anything else, but he's coming back for his Batman story, so I'm looking forward to reading that. I hope that it's good. Titans number five. All right. Pretty cool, All right? right? Titans doing things. What do you do? You think that we'll deal with Wally West maybe dying? Are we going to do Beast Boy going green? Are we going to end up doing the idea of Tamara and all of it? So many all of it, Jim. Heading in the Beast World, which I keep calling Beast War. Honestly, I, I just want you to have that Beast Wars intro. Where it says Beast Wars, but just say World. That would be Beast pretty cool. World. That would be pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, I ended up uh, at one point. Now I'll just send you something more done. For some reason, this reminded me of something I was going to bring up during the podcast that was pretty cool, but I didn't get to. I didn't remember it. I don't know why I'm bringing right. it up. You have Just League Neither versus I. Godzilla versus Kong number two. All First right. issue was a little disappointing. Get into that kaiju action. Yeah, but that's what you needed. I needed less of "Will you marry me?" and more of "Monster Island." You have Nightwing don't number one. The idea of "Will you marry me?" Going through the entire DC roster at that point. I don't know. You're getting hitched. I don't know if that's your idea. No, that's a great idea, Clark. You had, you had more of that than the actual getting to the will it's you marry me. It's so funny me. that we're talking like it's a little too much story going on, or at least story not involving kaijus. So but we'll it still sounded, the characters still sounded great for what they were doing with it. You just want kaijus Fine, at that point, yeah, though. Yeah, we wanted monsters. Nightwing number 108. 
Pirate. Or yeah. Pirate Nightwing, yeah. Dick Grayson. Catwoman number 59. Usually I wouldn't say that I'm excited about that, but I, I want to see. I don't know what's happening in that book. What's going on? I want to see what Teeny Howard thinks is happening after the Gotham War, because that's what we're going Belmont to. Belmont so is Duchess. I made the call that Catwoman was going to get superpowers from that meteorite, and one of them would be nine lives. And and I said, that's ridiculous. Why would they do the same thing from Wildcat to Catwoman? And you say that the new solicits pretty much pointed that out and said exactly is what's going to happen, where Amanda Waller wants one of those nine lives. Now, I'm like, maybe they're playing a little wordplay there, but it seemed <laughs> like it wasn't. We'll see. We'll, we'll have to see. Batman Superman World's Finest number 21. The Kingdom Come stuff, I guess, continues. Oh, that's right. So I'm that's sitting here like, cool. what happened in that? But that makes sense. Yeah. A Kingdom lot of these stuff, books feel to. like we haven't had in a long while. I think but that... Uh, Boy Thunder, who's now... Was it Man Thunder? What was his new name? But he's pissed at Superman. He's going to take his revenge. Yes. Wonder Woman number three, with a, I believe, a Trinity backup. So that cool. would be cool. You like it a little more than me, but I'm not hating it completely. I still Maybe. thought the Amazon's attack was better than the last issue. Yeah, yeah, it did a lot of the heavy lifting. Jay Garrick, The Flash, number two. The Boom, Eric. The Boom! The the Legion of Boom, as you said. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That, again, that has the hook. That has, you know, Judy, and we like Judy from Lost Children. So that's all I need, a little hook. Superman, just like the Blues Traveler song. You know what that song's called? Hook. Hook. I like that song. Superman, number eight. (laughs) I'm sitting there like... And things are starting to swirl together with the act. But oh, I get it. We got the chain. He's oh, that's the hook right. The chain. the chain, just like your wallet. Wait, 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 wait. Was I the think? chain in that book? Yeah, okay, because yeah. the thing is, we had the rest of the super family show up, and then I got confused with action comics. But we also have the. Um, oh, wait a minute. Do, what, yeah, now I'm getting mixed up with what's her no, name I think from that, the Blue you, Earthers you had, as well. You but, had Graf there as well. Yeah, yeah. So we have that. We have all that going on. Superman's doing a lot right now. I have like the we, book. That's so. okay. Hmm. Oh, my. Green Lantern War Journal number three. In case you didn't know, Eric's in love with that fucking book. It's not selling well. I understand the book, and I look forward to what they're doing. Bringing more story to the idea of the Mortal Guardian. I've never heard you tell me you understand Jess, so I think you love it. And you end up where I think it's women. I think that Green Lantern War Journal, Philip Kennedy Johnson, I think it needs to, is it like dumb itself down a bit? or Maybe. it needs to become more, you know, grabbable. We gotta, we gotta like stop your that ass, Reven- right? Look, we gotta stop that Revenant Queen. She infected people with this weird multiversal and like you know ring that she has. Instead, at the end of the last issue, they infected John Stewart. It needs some Zombies. more mass appeal. It needs something where you know just a random person can show up and say, "Oh my god, that's cool." It's it's very well. Hopefully, all the John Stewart fans come out for it. Yeah, but I saw what little sales and that those sort of numbers, and it's not doing very well which i can tell why it's it's a weird story a lot of heavy lifting get into it hawk girl number five heavy lifting that book stinks galaxy number five (laughs) that book stinks on ice it does but every book can turn it around as we've seen most of these seem to do it on issue five or six so maybe it'll do it i doubt it i don't get the concept of that book or why we even have it What's Galaxy going to do to turn against Hawkgirl now that we know that Volpecula went back in time and offered her something? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. And it also seemed to inspire Volpecula. And so do you think that it's going to be Galaxy turning the deal or is this going to end up where Volpecula realizes that I had it all within me all along and I love all that? I don't know. Her ass still wants to go to Nth World. 
She's a fox monster. Nth world. Yeah, that's true. That that's weird. Uh, Cyborg number book. five. Another one. Another weird I, book. It's odd. That book. Cyborg can't catch a break. It, no, and I wish we couldn't. But you end up the cyborg book. Like every issue seems like it's like, oh my god, it's like. New I, things just pop up and happen. I I don't get it, but I think that if this is the lineup, Batman Off World number one will definitely be on the spotlight. That would makes be sense, and I would like to think that the other one would be Just League versus Godzilla versus Kong. That seems Let's like the that. deal, but it could also be I don't know. Like some of these, like a lot of the votes will be like some people would want to hear us talk about Wonder Woman on the, but other or people will want us to hear about. Hot, it, I'm saying those. I think like. Even each other out, and I think that it will be Batman Offworld and Just League versus Godzilla versus Kong number two, which just kind of makes sense. And that feels like a cool spotlight. So, again, that may not be it, but the only way to find out and to listen to it is to go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. All these things that we talk about, including that, will be in the show notes that you can click if you don't remember that. And, uh, yeah, you can help us out for everything we do here and get a ton of shows, not just that spotlight, but reading clubs for things like Hellboy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We got a Miller World deal. We have a uh, year one that right now we're me and my man Zach are going through year Robin year one, which is really, really good. Love and that. Things like Crisis uh, Events podcast that me and Matt Razor do, where while it's a Marvel thing, we're going through 2015 Secret Wars, which is pretty cool as well. So. With all of that, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, check the show notes. You can check out our Patreon, our YouTube channel, our website, everything in a bag of chips. So all that is done. Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Must be. Ratio go reborn.